Hey everyone, welcome back to the BMX in Our Blood, episode 142 with Ryan Shear. I think everybody's going to love this one. A little bit of industry talk, a little social media talk, and definitely some talk about his journey, which has culminated in a job with Sparky's Distribution. Some amazing work that he has been able to do there through the brands under Sparky's umbrella, Sabrosa, Shadow Conspiracy, Shadow Riding Gear, Rants, I think I'm forgetting some, and also Juvie Hall, the bike shop across the street that happens to be a coffee shop also, which was really good. Thank you, Sean. So anyway, enjoy the episode. It's a good one, in my opinion, a little biased. I uh, just want to remind everyone of the Road to Recovery Jam at Trumbull on July 16th. Really looking forward to that. We've got a lot going on. Uh, just met with a couple of the people that I'm working with on the jam. One of them being Kyle Erickson, who I'm sharing the jam responsibilities with this year. And a newer volunteer since last year, Austin Lewis. We were laying out the jump lines and uh, there's some there's some wild new stuff coming. Was approached by someone that wants to build something pretty crazy. So I'll find out if we can let everyone know about it soon. It's uh, between what he's building and Kyle is also building something. We'll have a couple new features that we you wouldn't normally see at the events in the past. So this is what's great about joining up with other people. Bring in their ideas and let them run with it. So uh, set that date aside. If you are listening to this and you are a company that I've reached out to looking for sponsorship for the jam, please get back to me so we can keep this ball rolling and have what we need to pull this off and have it be as successful as every other year, which I have no doubt it will be. Besides that, I think I've pretty much got you up to date. The next podcast to drop will be episode 143 with Allie Wolf. She's got a pretty cool story. She's able to work remotely and has begun a van life journey. And uh, so we did a little interview in her built-out van, which was really, really cool. That's about it. Get this podcast going. Enjoy the interview with Ryan Shear. I went to the Minnesota um, X Games. Oh, yeah, I saw you there, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, I barely remember it. Everything that has happened with this podcast is crazy I, I was only <laughs> so at cool. i was only at minneapolis because one friend gifted me a ticket because he works at um, southwest mm-hmm. so he gave me a ticket so i had to go standby but i was pretty sure i was going to get the ticket to, and then Stu was there Stu johnson and so i stayed in his van i've slept in worse places trust right. me like way and worse i'm still places. here yeah i still get to go to the x games yeah. and all that right i think sometimes people forget about like the prize when it comes to stuff like that and it's like everything has to be just right and it's like well you're still getting this trip to the x Games, so just make it work and then the next one might be better or the next one might be worse but you're still oh thank you that's the way i looked at it so i had never been to an x games and the first one was one state over it was only two and a half hours from where i live yeah providence yeah yeah so i had never been to one that's why i went to minneapolis awesome because the opening was there, and it was just there's some rumors going around this year. We'll see that someone bought it. Someone right? bought it, yeah, and they're they're talking about a San Diego one in the summer. Mm. So that might be kind of interesting. But it seems yeah. cool. The people who bought it 
it sounds like they have no interest in running it or anything like that. So they're gonna yeah. they've hired Tony Hawk to kind of like oh. oversee it and stuff. And I think he's bringing in people. So hopefully, yeah. I think that's what happened with the X Games, right? The people running it started to kind of control the events. Yeah. And then it's not fun for everybody. Right. You should have this big umbrella. Yeah. Like just the way X Games started. I mean, people yes. talk about the X Games now, like you said, they don't remember how it started and there right. was dirt jumping with Taj and Jimmy Levan and yeah. stuff and, and Jay Miron and like right. it was the thing to do and then Skate was so skate and Rollerblade did their stuff. Yeah. And it was like X Games I rollerblading was even in there. Oh yeah. Well I mean it got wild too. Like San Diego one had like parachute guys on with the remember they were doing uh, skydiving with snowboards on and it was tricks in like what do you mean you're doing a trick you're just falling uh -huh. out of a plane <laughs> like right i right. could do a couple somersaults out of the back of a plane on a snowboard i do remember that so but i i feel like espn used to almost be the umbrella and then let all these sports come in and do their thing and then eventually they started like anything else, they need yeah. to return their profits and stuff. So they started tweaking and events started dropping out. And now it's just like... So it, so it could be made for TV. Of course, yeah. Right? And then... And so, I didn't learn that until I went to Minnesota. I'm like, holy shit, this really is... I, I don't... I'm sure they're zooming in on a, a full section. Just of, the section. Of a full, you know, full seats. Yeah. In a section. I realized it really quickly and I asked Stu after him. This isn't really about how many people actually show up at the arena, right? Right. And but that's the other thing about it. It used to be about that too. When it was in Texas. In Texas. I mean, even some of the LA ones was just such an event. There's been a couple LA ones after that. It wasn't the last one because then they the started doing it. Pat they, Casey's. They, yeah, Pat Casey's house, and they started doing it that style. And even so. that wasn't consistent. That was once they right. decided to pick it up. Again. Right. Right. And then again, that was almost yeah. no spectators. So it's right. gone from, it mm -hmm. used to kind of be about the ticket sales and, and the right. Rhode Island ones was full stadiums. Yeah. And now it's made for TV and, yeah. and YouTube all the way down to YouTube. And, and we probably because we didn't have these exactly. phones exactly. that we're interviewing on right now because it was all, you <laughs> set it to record while you were actually there. Or yeah. you call your... Well, what an event, right? I mean, that's start to get into the whole social media problems and stuff. But you used to. Do you want to? You used to be like, I like that. Oh, idea. the X Games is this weekend. I'm not doing anything. I'm staying home and watching the X Games because yeah. it's on the television right. all weekend. Right. And it wasn't like you saw what the writers were working on yeah. because you couldn't follow their daily lives. And so you wanted to see the X Games to see the newest thing everybody was doing. And they, yeah. everybody, no matter who they were, tried their newest thing at the X Games or did yeah. their newest thing. It was so cool. Right. Oh. I do, if you want to talk social media, I'd love to. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't even know what to say about it. I'm well, still that, learning about it and trying to maneuver through it myself because not to yeah. date us, but a majority of our writing career wasn't about sharing on no. social media. It was magazines once a right. month that you waited right. for and yeah. and things like that. But at the same time, I think it's cool. If I could have, back in the day, if I could have followed Joe and Taj in Austin every day instead of waiting for the next Road Fools to come out, I'd be yeah. watching them every day too. Mm -hmm. So it's a blessing and a curse kind of thing. But Yeah, it was almost... Uh... 
mm-hmm. not only a test of patience, but it made you look forward to it even more. For sure. Because you didn't know what was going to be in there. You didn't know what's happening. Right? You didn't Same know what they ate for breakfast. You didn't yeah. know how they lived their day. It also allowed you to, you'd see them ride, but it allowed you to build up what they might be doing at home in your head. Yeah. And, and used to think like, oh, these guys aren't doing anything except waking up oh. and going riding with all their friends, you know? Yeah. Oh. It, it, you'll be able to relate to this. I interviewed uh, Brooks Manbeck. He lives uh, in Northern California now, but Brooks, when I interviewed him, was talking about how we were developing back east. We were kind of doing what we thought was happening in California through the magazines. Right, looking at different trail scenes and and things like that, yeah. When we, some of us may have even been what we thought was ahead of them, but we were actually behind because those pictures were taken two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so, so some, in some ways, it was driving our thoughts of what we identified with. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the people we talked about was him and I was Chris. Because mm-hmm. he would get a, a lot of pictures and uh, there were a lot of pictures of people. And it wasn't just him. He just happened to be a test rider. See, he was always the guy that was right. and doing tricks on, on every test bike even though it was maybe a race bike or yeah. whatever. I posted a full page picture of Greg Hill when he was on Shimano back in like 82 and he's falling. Mm-hmm. He's it's it's a picture of him with one hand on a grip. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this wasn't like our Willie stuff. This is one hand on a grip. He's falling. The bike's way ahead of him and it's signed Greg Hill. <laughs> number 1 or something like that. And then I was like that got a two-page poster, yeah. which, of course, I ripped out and put on my wall because I thought it was cool when I was right. 13. I mean, the whole thing, when you think about it, was cool because that was that was considered, whoa, that was like a major wreck. Well, not you know? only that, right, but like you probably didn't see these guys wreck because mm-hmm. they weren't, typically weren't posting photos of wrecking and things like well, that. Chris was so. saying that he never... Did not, he never didn't say that he wrecked. Oh, so, okay. But so he thought the way we worded it was that he said that he actually landed it. Because oh, okay. you say he went to do um, ad nauseum for a lot of people hearing this on the podcast, but the XF Can Can thing that I like to do, mm-hmm. his other foot would come off, so he ends up doing like a no footed XF Can Can. Wow, yeah. Usually, having done that trick so many times back in the day, that's usually when you're jumping off that side of the bike. Yeah. Your it's both over. feet are over there. You're staying on it's that over. side of the yeah, bike. You're done because you can't bring the you can't, you can't bring, bring the bars back. You can't bring your can can foot back. And anyway, that's not what we were saying. We were just talking about you know in general you'd get that kind of stoked. You're like, oh my god, look at this! Like, who yeah. cares if he fell? That that's a little part of like almost the real life of that rider because you get to see oh he's he crashes too. He's not just this mythological creature that's faster than yeah. everybody and never crashes and stuff like he right. needs to learn things too which to would move forward just a little sure. bit which with social media again you can see the rider crash 10 times and then yeah. learn the trick and yeah. stuff you know right all the tries and the makes i kind of enjoy those that mm-hmm. way do you have a preference on that i've always been a fan of it too yeah. and i think with sabrosa too we've we've run ads of people crashing because it's part of the lifestyle we've yeah. we've run just portrait ads to try to show 
like what the people are like in the background. I mean, right. we did an ad with Greg Smee and and uh, at these trails in Castleberry, and they they just had a goat that lived at the trail. So it was a it was a pretty famous Sabrosa ad, uh-huh. and it was just Greg sitting on a couch with the goat, no riding or anything. But to <laughs> this me, this was a while ago. Yeah, this was quite a while ago. But to me, that showed everybody, if you're on Sabrosa, you got to be a decent rider. Mm-hmm. But I want to show more personality with our guys and stuff, yeah. too, because I think that really sets our guys apart in, in right. a lot of cases. Yeah. But And that's something, you know, you'd see it in skateboarding. Skateboarding showed a lot of the lifestyle of it yeah. and stuff. And I was, that was my life and is my life, so that was my lifestyle. So uh-huh. I, I had an interest for some reason about like what these guys did all the time right right because it's it's cool you know you could just to see into whether it's a racer or a or a dialed freestyle guy you know Mm -hmm. even logan martin's gotta put in work to do what he's doing you know the same way someone does in new york city at a ledge spot you know i think you not showing makes which probably isn't as often but not showing the make just makes it that much more interesting for the next time when it's actually done sure because you know what now you've seen what this person went yeah through. and lots of people can't well, they get hurt on the not on, on the well right and, sometimes yeah you yeah. got to show that because i got to get something out of that because i'm sitting in a cast for six months yeah. so i gotta i gotta use that at least for something so. but either whether it be on purpose or inadvertently done that created a an interest in God, I wonder if he's going to make this eventually. Right. Like, how many how many tries did they show of R. Willie's uh, bike flip? Oh, his flip flip next to the bike. Yeah. There were five or six. Yeah. And it made you think, like, oh my God, is this going to happen? And and to me, that's so much better than than just one clean run and he pulled it first try. I get there's contests and you have a lot amount of time and you have to do it dialed in that contest. But for a best trick, it shows you that. He didn't learn this at home and bring it here. He's still trying to perfect this trick, but yeah. he's going to send it in front of everybody anyway. Yeah. And so to me, that's super cool. I love yeah. it. I yeah. love that stuff. Because it, it just makes it more real, too. Right. Like, So there's a there's a good positive of, of social media now. Sure. And then, sure. plus, sometimes it's funny. Crashes are funny, too. Sometimes I just laugh yeah. at crashes. Yeah. You got everything can't be not so the guy getting serious. his eye poked out. Oh right? no way, okay. uh, Carl! It was, it's not even awful, off, awful thing. I think it's something good to talk about because yeah. there is a line. I post a lot of meme crashes on mm-hmm. our social media, whether it's mountain biking or an old lady on a uh, on a uh, bird bike that she rented and she crashes. But oh. I'm I'm not gonna post something where no. they're seriously hurt or something. I'm, and I'm sure in that instance, uh, a lot of that footage was done with kind of his permission. Carl seems to be like a pretty, pretty positive guy. Mm-hmm. And then he was sharing the whole story as it as it went along on his personal stuff. So Oh, okay. So he was kind of pretty open about it. But what a yeah, crazy yeah. freak accident. But yeah. again, Carl's back to shredding again. Like he's it's riding again. And it's so awesome. Because yeah. it's something in Carl. He's just like, well, I can't. This this machine took my eyeball and I'm gonna go ride it again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's great. Right. He's a trooper. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, how many people can say it? Probably most of us. Most of well, us that's, do this sport. It's a BMX Probably, thing, but right? still, that's serious. That's a that's a that's a big. Deal. But we've all had knock on wood head injury. I mean, any yeah. crash is serious. That you, yeah. even if you get up and walk away from it, like yeah. pretty lucky considering you got to You always have a twenty to 
25 pound sharp metal object bouncing somewhere around you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. and and again I, I I hate to I never want to jinx anything but mm -hmm. in, in the in the grand scheme of things I think we're all pretty lucky for any extremes or there's a reason yeah. I know the ex the word extreme is cheesy but there's a difference between certain sports and some are extreme it and some are just regular it sports. is I mean you've, you've done it so many times and so often that that's not e it doesn't even register in your yeah. head anymore some stuff you know because mm -hmm. it's just by default and and you're on to the next but so yeah social media in general yeah if it's the build-up then uh, that you missed and I could do my part I'll put little clips of you being interviewed by me <laughs> one sentence at a time for a whole year yeah <laughs> and then I'll release the podcast yeah <laughs> teasers the whole way out yes. audio teasers to make it even worse yeah can't even see you in this in this uh, in this interview yeah although I don't do the YouTube thing I still would like people to see where it went down yeah and where you work and yeah and an that, image of the person being interviewed like I yeah not yeah. that I'm meeting the people, but I right. put a lot of faces to the names with mm -hmm. podcasts, and it's good to see who you're listening to and stuff yeah. like that. And I have to wear a shirt for people to know who I am. <laughs> I wear my own BMX in our blood. And like, Are you that dude? Yeah. Well, I only sold a couple of these shirts, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not too many. It's out. me, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, you got to bring them to events like Swamp yeah. Fest, spread the word. Because that's, I only that's the cool. I mean, that's the interesting so. thing about podcasts too, and I've mm -hmm. noticed it. Maybe this is still touching on social media and the pressures of mm -hmm. social media. Because obviously, I think we can all agree the pressures of the social media is one of the big negatives. Yeah. For whatever yeah. reason, it it's hard for it to just be one hundred percent just your life without. Yeah producing a cool photo or you know yeah. filming a clip a couple different times so it looks True. perfect and so you know I think that's one of the small negatives be mm -hmm. between behind it is the pressure because there's pressures on brands to make the whole brand look a certain way there's pressures on riders to look they want to present themselves a certain way and then there's oh. just regular people that yeah feel like they're being judged or whatever on social media sure and you got to present it a certain way so yeah. it's almost not a r real life essentially in some cases yeah so. yeah you know all right well since you brought that up it's a good good time to uh i'll put an intro on this so people hear who that comes we'll circle do. back to who but, i am and yeah, what but, i'm even doing here yeah <laughs> on the brief side of things because they'll hear this this in the intro anyway uh you would have an interest in this because now here we're at Sparky's Distro in Florida, um, but you're the team manager as well as marketing. Mm -hmm. So do marketing and TMing. Yeah, which are both. That's a lot of pressure. Those two things alone, right? That and yeah. And do you do it for Sabrosa Shadow? The whole, all the the brands under Sparky's. It um. Is that the right way to say it? By yeah, the way? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're all brands on the Sparky. Sparky's is kind of the overhead umbrella, if you will. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, also our teams are similar mm -hmm. and stuff. So there's a lot of crossover with just the team yeah. guys. You know, if we're making orders, it's easy to do Shadow and Sabrosa in the same package and things yeah. like that. Right. Um, I would say I'm I'm definitely at the this point at least 75% Sabrosa uh -huh. and then but I do have a, a a hand in all the brands at some some 
place or another. I guess each brand produces a different thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's probably there's, there's really not any crossover, or is or is there some with like rant? Because rant is uh, rant. What is that? Parts or completes? Parts. parts. They're they're all parts. Rant is kind of like our more price point brand, mm -hmm. um, and basically that comes from developing all those products for the Sabrosa completes. Right. So we basically a, a lot of people consider a complete bike is like you design the frame right. and then you pick all the rest of the parts out of a catalog which right. is just not the case you build the whole thing and you tell the people what you want so when we first started Sabrosa we you know we started like everybody else picking the products that were available and everything mm -hmm. but then as we went along it's like we gotta pick up the quality of this stuff so oh, we started okay. developing more of the secondary parts on the bikes without a name to it so right. we're we're designing and testing all these products like it's a brand yeah and then we're like this should be a brand because you know if you can do it for a little less as far as like maybe it doesn't have a full pro team mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't have the same marketing dollars behind it and stuff so those right. prices can be a little tighter mm -hmm. and then it can it, it also has a space in BMX because not everybody can afford Right. the shadow wheels and it, and it kind of complements the stuff too like sure. it shows you why shadow might be here and rants here uh -huh. but again you look at the rant products yeah and a rant wheel yeah it's twenty dollars less but it's still a double walled welded rim fully uh -huh. sealed cassettes they offer free coasters and stuff so it's yeah. not the same as back in the day where it was like catalog stuff yeah. but yeah so yeah but that's interesting because we do have three brands and in BMX um, obviously Sabrosa couldn't just make a frame sure. so eventually we're making forks but yeah, Shadow yeah. and Rant make forks you know oh, and eventually okay. yeah, we're yeah. doing cranks and Shadow and Rant make cranks and yeah, stuff yeah. we yeah. try to police it as best we can we definitely have hit time periods mm -hmm. this was almost the the point where it came came to an actual head of this example that we're talking about uh -huh. is Sabrosa we really wanted to do denim jeans and and, oh, okay. and all this stuff so I'm um, I'm working with my art guys and talking with my team guys and we come up with this denim line and it's called Venom Denim and we did a jean jacket and really cool jeans that came with like a shoelace mm -hmm. belt and all this stuff and they came in black and maroon mm -hmm. You know, all the, uh, we, we Ryan did the whole thing. Ryan this because he's, he's essentially a fashion guy, right? Yeah. Well, then that's what it comes to. Then we mm -hmm. come to the soft goods meeting, and I'm like, here's what we're working on. And then yeah, yeah. Ronnie and Arnaud have been working on the shadow stuff on their side of things. Uh, and then they kind of present, oh, we've been working on denim. We're doing jeans. We're doing these slim jeans. They come in black and maroon. They It's like... We're in the same building, right. and we're just like, holy mm -hmm. crap! So that was kind of a that was a a thing. Like, well, maybe we sh we should work more on complementing each other mm -hmm. than. So we're always going to have some. Just the stuff. same as any other business, no matter what you're doing. Right. So it's not it's not an odd thing. And no there's there's this, fans so. of different brands. There's rant yeah. fans that that don't want shadow parts or mm -hmm. sabrosa parts there's mm -hmm. sabrosa fans that don't want the other two brands and then there's shadow fans that might yeah might be into another uh frame company right. you know so it, it right. does all kind of even out at yeah. the end yeah so well that's good yeah and right. now that the teams 
you know, our teams have kind of accordioned a little bit and our teams are kind of tight right now and there's a lot of the same riders. So I wouldn't work on a signature stem with Matt because I know he's got a signature stem with with uh, Shadow. So we're going to do tires with Matt. Oh, and I then, see what you mean. Okay. And then so he'll be on the Shadow Ray, tires. Right? Yeah, Matt Ray and stuff. So Who is from Massachusetts, right? Yep, yep. Okay. I thought he was. Yeah, I don't. Was he originally from Connecticut? Yeah. No, Massachusetts. He's always Maybe been he there. Just, but I mean, yeah, he did the CT those. Matty CT. Yeah, he he did the, you know, those northeast states were so easy yeah. to travel to. He was traveling yeah. to every event and stuff. So gotcha. it probably looked like he's just from New England. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a lot of that scene, right? You don't really. Oh, yeah. There isn't really a. There is scenes in all these places, but right. it, New England's so close together. Yeah, it's three hours pretty much. From, yeah, yeah, from everything, including New York. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, the team manager part. I got to say something funny that happened. I was I was doing uh, highly unlike me, but I actually did a tiny bit of research before interviewing you, mm -hmm. and um, it because I'm really bad at that. I I'm gonna I'll take responsibility for it, but this is truly a part time thing. Yeah. And I work like you. I work a good fifty hours a week, and I have an hour commute each way. And you know, you try to live your life too in between all of that. Course. So that's my excuse, whether anyone wants to believe it or not. But, that's fine. <laughs> um, but I did. I was searching, so I wanted to make sure that uh, things that we talked about weren't wouldn't be duplicating what you had talked about in other interviews. Okay. But I found this one, and it was perfect. It was last summer. You spontaneously on the part of the interviewer. We're on this comedian, uh, Tom, oh, Tom Kelly. Oh yeah. And you were in New York City. Yeah. And you were at you were staying at an apartment of somebody. I don't know if they were on the team or friend no, of old old friend oh, from okay. San Diego. Yeah. Oh okay. So yeah. I knew were... him previously, and yeah. uh, uh, his name's Ryan Brito. We all call That's him Tex. It. Yeah. Oh okay. And he's been a good friend since mm -hmm. uh, you know, probably the 2000 I might have met him in 2000 oh, okay. when I lived in San Diego yeah and uh one day he's he just out of nowhere was like I'm gonna be a firefighter in New York City and uh wow you know we're all we're all BMXers living a BMX out me Ryan Fudger Gary Young all living in this one house really? yeah yeah super cool Hanford shout out Hanford house in San Diego we had a mini ramp in the Whoa. backyard and and That's everything cool. yeah it was great time. those were really great times uh -huh. and uh you know so Tex gave said that and then you know all of us being rowdy boys just gave him shit for it and gave it shit for it and yeah then, yeah then you know he started taking some medical classes and yeah. then the next thing you know he left and he's been a fire he's I think he's 15th or 20th year being a NYC fire department he's at like station 3 which mm -hmm. was a big part of obviously 9-11 yeah, and stuff yeah. I got to tour his his uh, firehouse and they have pieces of like it's kind of giving me chills still from seeing it but like beams? no the crushed hood of like oh. the captain's SUV that was there and like all this stuff so he, and yeah. he just he went there and now he's just running it there. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. It's awesome. So, so yeah, he, so he was there for 
no, he went. No, he, he went was after he now. was after. Okay. After that happened, that was kind of I want to go. Cal- and I yeah. want to help with that kind of stuff, and we're yeah. just like, that's crazy. That's and then wild. he went and did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, yeah, twenty years later, yeah. he's still a, a good friend, and we keep in touch. And I said, hey, we're coming up. Uh, yeah, I hope to right. see you. And he and he, you know, he's such a great guy. He's like, where are you staying? here's my place, you know, and let us stay in his super nice apartment. So we're sitting on the stoop one day and this guy walks out and he's Mm -hmm. like, I've seen you guys here every morning. You know, what are you about? And we told him why we're there and and talking about all kinds of stuff. And then he starts to talk in and he's like, I'm a comedian. I do a podcast, blah, blah. And he just goes, would you, you got an interesting story. You want to do a podcast? So five minutes later, I'm in his apartment just doing a random podcast with the guy. And it's so cool because it's, completely separate worlds Mm -hmm. and and you know he had no clue about bmx but just from me telling him what we were doing he wanted to know everything about it which is rad because this must look so crazy to the general public and it's i love showing them that stuff like there's six of us sleeping in that apartment and we're here to just ride our bikes all over the Mm -hmm. city and film and and you explained it so well on his podcast, I I loved it. It was like you listen to it and you're like, this is exactly how it should be described to anyone that doesn't know about. Oh, great! What I say? So, <laughs> you said everything from respecting a spot, mm. even though you're destroying it, you're you're creating art at that spot. It was, it was such a great. I don't want to say it to spin, but yeah, it was oh, such it a great is. way to. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't intentional. It didn't sound intentional in that way to to you know spin it to so that you didn't have responsibility and right and wrecking a spot or right. whatever. It was just like people know about this spot from all around the world. Oh, that's you right. Know? Yeah, so, like talking about a specific yeah, ledge or something. Yeah, like. and you did such a good job with it. And uh, I, I don't know. People should listen to that that podcast because Very it was cool. really it, it's cool because I. I mean, everyone has their own story or interpretation, but I think that lined up more with what most people would say. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So I and uh, yeah, it might be a little. I was might have had a, a in the back of my mind softening it for security guards or or someone yeah. who might see what these kids are doing and just the first thing they think of is damaging the spot, you know. But they don't right. think of like. The, the, the tricks that have been set on there, the goals people have to yeah. go there and ride it yeah. one time. and Well, I mean, what about, I don't know where in Florida this spot is. Where's that little mini brick quarter? Oh, Maitland, the Maitland Banks. Yeah. It's probably 15 minutes and from here. And you see that everywhere. Yeah. And so many people have visited that spot. Yeah. Right? It's a destination. For is that you. just like a, a street corner, like a public? Mm-hmm street corner kind yeah of. it's a there's a bus stop here yeah. and the crazy thing is that is on all four corners of that intersection you're kidding right every so you corner four people there's riding a, it at the same well, time <laughs> i mean this side has a hotel in it uh-huh. so they have security oh, okay. so the second you ride that one they come out oh, okay this one's like the parking lot for the hotel so kind of the same oh. story yeah on this corner is another business that's a little more secure. Yeah. And I don't know if I should shout them out. I I have a feeling this business where uh-huh. these the rideable one is kind of knows it because it's EA Sports. 
the video game company. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. with Skate, the video game, and you know all the BMX I'm video sure game stuff, they might have game. like this small thing yeah. of like they know what's going on there. So yeah. that one corner of of wow. the intersection, you can just ride it. There's no security. That it's wow. not skate stopped. It's That's you know if a cop drives by, he'll yeah. he'll kick you out and that kind of thing. But yeah, right. Right. Yeah, but very cool. It's just a brick quarter pipe. It's like how, why, who? Sometimes you see a spot and you're like, oh, the guy who designed this must have ridden a bike or a skateboard. There's no other yeah. way they would want these planters to be smooth right. and transitioned yeah, yeah, like yeah. this. Oh, yeah, that's wild. I never would have guessed it was three other or you know four identical corners. Yeah, that's that's wild. Pretty neat. And then the EA deal. That's that connection. Yeah, I think there's got to be something there where they're like, yeah. mm, all right, we'll we'll yeah yeah right because it's because it's a big skate spot too. A lot of skate yeah people go there. And oh okay. Um, so yeah, the way you described everything in that podcast was was really perfect. So I hope people listen to that. But um, cool. So as far as TMing goes. How how often do you go on trips now? Well, again, now compared to pre-COVID is yeah. is even a little bit different for us. Uh -huh. um, but for the most part, I mean, we've had other people come in along the way. So Chadwick was a big part of that for uh, Ryan Chadwick from Phoenix, who was doing our videos and stuff. Uh, okay. He was a big part of the team management and stuff. So it's kind of... This is just a BMX business, so mm -hmm. everybody kind of wears a lot of hats, yeah, yeah. you know, more than just coming in and here's your one singular yeah. job kind of thing. But yeah, Chadwick was doing that for a little while, so during that time period, maybe he was going on more trips than mm -hmm. I was and stuff. But you know, uh, the beginning of this or the beginning of last year, I went to Madrid with the guys for mm -hmm. a dig trip. Shout out Sabrosa dig trip, uh -huh. and uh, so yeah. Typically at this moment, whenever the guys are doing trips, I'll go with them. Gotcha. I mean, we even had a short time period to kind of save money where there was even no TM. Yeah, yeah. And we were trying to have these guys police themselves. But at the end of the day, when we go on a trip, I don't want the riders to really have to worry about anything except riding. Because oh, yeah. there's lots of responsibility involved yeah. in that and stuff. And and safety and what if something happens and stuff so it's always good to not that the guys need an adult but it's always good to have one guy there you know sure for the safety of everybody and when i interviewed jamie thayer last winter his brother yeah uh, dylan yeah yeah he, he's he seems like he's really coming along in the video in part just edits. I mean, he came yep. up the edit of, of him and, uh, and Gage. Gage. Yeah, I yeah. was just about to say that Dylan did the whole uh, Jamie and Gage Shadow Riding Gear video, and introducing that, those guys to the team. It's great, right? Yeah, it's, it's great. So if you could, so he's good at it. That one happened to be even better because you two, well, a brother and a friend. Yeah. Uh, so he had you know access to be able to just keep keep exactly. going with those two Shadow Riders. So yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Very awesome. Uh, we're kind of new to the Jamie and Gage thing. I mean, mm -hmm. those guys have been really supporting us mm -hmm. for a long time. They've been just riding Sabrosa stuff and, yeah. and repping and everything like that. And so I'm just getting to know those guys now. And yeah, they're awesome yeah. And, and stuff like that. So I'm fairly confident we'll do more with Dylan in the future. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've got a rider on the team from Long Island, Louis uh, uh, Colasioni. 
I'm uh-huh. probably butchering the, butchering the that last That sounded pretty damn good. Um, I might have fancied it up. I have this <laughs> image of like this fancy Italian like North New York from, yeah. accent. But uh, right. but yeah, he's doing a lot of video stuff for, for us because mm-hmm. he's real interested in video. He he also helps out with like Panza and those guys helping them with their YouTube stuff and, oh, and okay. things like that. Um, we've got another guy down here. But again, it's like it's the BMX mentality mentality of like yeah we got to make do with what we have right Right. now kind of thing we'd all love i'd love nothing more than to have one videographer for all the guys but right now it's not really feasible so sure so we're going to use everybody with a camera yeah and if you can kind of sub sub it out kind of with a guy that's already there anyway yeah it's in the scene of say where those guys live in northern ohio but they travel, yep. which is cool. So yeah. they'll be at, you know, they'll be at in Pittsburgh at Will Mill. I mean, those guys are incredible, wherever. right? Like they're they're more along the lines of of me and you. They're working mm-hmm. full time jobs. They got houses. Yeah. They got families. Yeah. And all the same stuff, and they're just like, oh, I have twenty minutes to ride. Let's go. Yeah. Like I've got twenty yeah. minutes. Let's go. And it's just full on for twenty minutes, and then they'll go yeah. do their other thing. Or they're like, we have a weekend. Where are we going? Yeah. Who can we go ride? With? Right. Like. And by the way, those two guys, I told you I interviewed them both, they were just the nicest guys. Yeah. They were really, really, I, I didn't know them at all. Yeah. I was, I may have talked to you guys before I did it. I can't remember if I did or not, but they, they caught my attention somewhere. So we got to know each other just for doing the podcast. And it's not normally the way the, well, nothing's the way the podcast was originally intended. I sure. Think, which is cool because... You know, it's just evolved right. to wherever it has, right. and it's taken twists and turns. And I don't know. Sometimes I'll interview someone that someone that hiked the Appalachian Trail. You know, it just yeah, it's great. I throw them great. in. Now, now. Yeah. So there's no. I still, you know, the purpose of it is to is to give shine to people on the East Coast mm-hmm. in general. Not yeah. Specifically, Northeast in New York and mm-hmm. New Jersey, but in Pennsylvania, but done. Um, it's really the whole East Coast that has always had the challenge of being recognized for being amazing. Yeah. You know. You're so but, far from the industry, typically, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. E- exactly. So so seeing guys like, meeting guys like that is, is always, it's always a treat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always a treat to have people that just make you, make you laugh. Of course. On there, like, yeah. Tommy Duke Well, because at the end of the day, too, it's your podcast and yeah. you can control it and, and right. this is this is the way you want to mm-hmm. present it, and it's yeah. like that's I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. And I, I love when there's the occasional something different because you might have yeah. not ever known about it. You know. Yeah. Well, that's what you hope for. You know, when you interview someone that uh, if it's not someone that has nothing to do with BMX, if it's someone that has something to do with BMX, but there's a part of their life that you're not aware of. Yeah. Are, well, you know, people. In general, are not aware of it. It works out really good, but well, and then there's the the back end of that where he might have a little following, and their mm-hmm. people are gonna his people are gonna tune into your podcast, and then mm-hmm. they're gonna go, oh, what other podcast? And they might learn about BMX. The whole, so yeah. there you go. That's Be- the win win right there is yeah. bringing outside into BMX. Yeah, because that's sort of an issue at the moment is is bringing the inside in the outside in, but uh-huh. not letting the outside take over. And I think for a long time, some big companies have come in yeah. 
and, and not really contributed right and then when they leave they just leave ashes and dust behind but they didn't really help build this thing that we're all trying to build yeah. so we need to start getting these companies to come in and say you know if you want to do stuff with us here's how we think it should be done right you know and well that's why i nominate you spokesman for all bmx <laughs> after listening to you on no, that on never, that podcast never because no, i'm because i'm also taking cues from the people i looked up to growing up you know yeah but and, the way you presented was yeah. i hear you and sorry for interrupting um, oh, no sweat the way you presented it with this guy like i said it was it was 30 35 minutes it's it's short it's to the point it explains uh it, you answer every question that he asks uh mm -hmm. from an outsider's trying to educate the outsider right. and and so they have some kind of perspective and it really took kind of the uh a biased perspective it's not the word that i'm looking for really but of bmx mm -hmm. and and really explaining it like we talked about earlier and and, and softening it a little bit which yeah was, which was entirely true in that you have responsible people on the team and the whole deal so i don't know so yeah you're you're the spokesman for bmx <laughs> if you're okay well with that, again <laughs> you know it it was definitely a conscious thought going into that because mm -hmm. i didn't know anything about tom kelly or his audience either mm -hmm. so if right. i just went in there and just full bmx oh we got this guy down here ice picking rails and this he, would you you wouldn't believe the 180 backwards crook he did or like <laughs> people would a either tune out real quick yeah. or b they might not look into something else so my sure. hope with a podcast like that uh -huh. is that is my my chance to tell all these non-bmxers about bmx yeah. so if i only tell them mm -hmm. this one little piece about us going traveling to new york city partying our asses off riding this contest yeah. and then leaving and all that right. then that's going to be like oh that's kind of rough but yeah. no we come in for a week we're mm -hmm. we're filming this video we're going to local bike shops we're meeting local riders every day riders yeah. are trying to find us it, it's it shows how cool this aspect is yeah. you know mm -hmm. well it was it was done well and, and you know i guess we're talking about you know the reason we got on the subject was talking about getting outside Mm -hmm. Getting the outside businesses in, yeah, because can't survive on just the internal or the the people that are closest to the the sport, the yeah. hobby. Yeah, you can't put it. I guess an analogy would be as if if everyone made T-shirts, say we would just be trading T-shirts, yeah, for the same amount of money, and no one's moving. No one's no one's able to put money back into that business because you're just trading right. among each other. It's just it's, swapping. Yeah. you know yeah and there there is a little bit of that in bmx mm -hmm. for the simple fact that it's a bmx bike in yeah. in reality it's pretty basic yes and it can't be too it can't be so crazy because it might get frowned upon or something yeah. like that too not that we would ever you know make something too crazy but mm -hmm. you know there's only so much you can do so in the yeah. grand scheme of things there's a lot of similarities between yeah. brands and I mean even distribution houses you can see their tiers of mm. complete bike companies parts companies and then something else under them so it's not like Sparky's is the only one with no. multiple brands it's yeah. it's pretty common so you know I think that's where 
your brand's mission and what you really want to do with BMX and mm -hmm. how you feel about BMX is pretty important as mm -hmm. well. And and it's it's past your team as well. You can have the best team, but maybe behind the scenes, yeah. you're not sporting jams. You're not yeah. you know giving back and things like that, sponsoring sure. parks or things like that. And yeah. I was fortunate enough to uh, to stop by Vans headquarters um, when we were in California visiting our son uh, last month. First of all, the guys there are just, there's one main guy that I know really well, uh, and I just got to know him through going to, I, I was in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. it just happened to, it was uh, seeing Methman. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. And just such a, such a nice guy, so I'm always watching. <laughs> This guy's a do-it-yourself guy, so he's renovating his entire oh, I'm house. I'm watching. And, yeah. I'm watching. Oh, man. The, well, the modern house he's building is so awesome. Oh, my God. And, and then the outdoor the last Camino. year. year yeah. Right. And then he does the car thing, and I'm, and I'm like, listen, I'm hiding this. You're, you're, I'm hiding your handle for my wife because if she sees everything you're doing, my life's going to be horrible. <laughs> yeah, all your free time is going to be building all the stuff right. she sees him doing. Yeah, because in her mind, she probably... She well maybe she's right in some in some respects at some points but in her mind I have enough free time to get these jobs done so he's actually uh, in my mind it's like this trade off okay don't don't sell me out I'll get the job done <laughs> I'll, get, I'll, I'll I'll fix the chimney I'll you know all the stuff that I you know I'm like oh I kind of want to ride I haven't ridden it in a little while mm -hmm. but anyway he's a really cool guy but the point was uh, outside BMX uh, you could consider Vans outside BMX because they're they cover so many it's a lifestyle brand right right yeah so it's not a competitor to, to you it's a competitor to maybe Etnies or Union oh, sure. or yeah. you know, any other shoe company if we have more of that that would be really cool because these guys really do care right. a lot and, and the other one was uh, Andrew Mapstone he's, yeah he's a really Mapstone. nice guy yeah. there too uh, just going there and seeing the operation, and, and yes, it's owned uh, by the this corporate group that owns Vans. almost every clothing brand you've yeah, ever heard of and, and shoe brand. No kidding, yeah, yeah. Like big ones too. Yeah, I'd have to. I took, Vans might not even be the biggest thing they own at this point. <laughs> although they're they're up there at yeah. the time yeah, when, Van I, when I first interviewed, seeing it was I. They they were the they were the largest brand, but that was three years ago maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I think Timberland's in there, and oh, Supreme, yeah. and North, North Face. Face. Yeah, that's the one that really like touched me. Yeah, that, all under Vanity Fair, I think. Yeah, but that that place was amazing. But if only if only we could get a few more like that participating, yes, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. But we'll see what happens. But again, you know, it's just so it's this, not all on the brands. Well, again, I was about to say this is where we're going to head into some of my personal beefs and some of my beliefs in the in bmx as well but is it something you normally say in public yeah of course because it's, it's it not a negative it's no, not no. A, about one person or one thing but we we can't support everything the brand cannot support everything and slowly by slowly it, bmx has turned into the brand doing everything from media to mm -hmm. events, to full-length videos. Like, there used to yeah. be... How many videos... Let's just go back 10 years. How many mm -hmm. videos would come out that weren't put out by a brand? Yeah. You know, like Left Right or... or um, you know, just scene videos or mm -hmm. different crews and, like, all that stuff. So 
it used to be I'm not throwing Chadwick specifically under the bus, but he's a friend of mine, so I'd have no problems using him as an example. Sure. Right. But as a videographer, mm. he should take his five favorite riders and make a full length with them. And then each one of their sponsors could sponsor a small piece of the oh, video, right, you right. know? And so all the guys can get taken care of, but instead it turns into, oh, we need a web video, so we have to pay right. Chadwick to just make the one video because right. if we paid him to make a video of all of our guys he sure. deserves it but it would be very expensive mm -hmm. for us right. um, at, you know with social media and YouTube and all that stuff it became very important for the brands to create their own content but as right. media shrank it was necessary so now we're designing the bikes producing the stuff all while trying to sell the stuff, but now we got to be content creators and put on our own events and all, all the things. So it would be great if some of these other entities in BMX would help support these things, either by videos or putting on smaller events or, right. or things like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of things at the moment, you know, for instance, a, an invitation only contest. Like yeah. that sounds great. But that contest is going to invite that, that contest might invite four of your riders to go to the contest. Well, that contest doesn't pay for your riders to get mm -hmm. there. So in order for this contest to happen, we have to pay four grand to get four guys international in a hotel yeah. for a week, a rental car. And, and that's probably and, on the low side. And that's probably on the, the low expense. side. Meanwhile, this brand, this company whoever's throwing that contest is probably making some money by all mm -hmm. their sponsors yeah so if you're gonna have an invitation only contest and you send out an invite you you should get those riders there because that's your whole event mm -hmm. and then the brands will share in the marketing of that event because uh -huh. we're going to be talking about our riders going there and things like that Amazing. And then Dig and RBMX, which they do, mm -hmm. should go there and cover the event. So then there's yeah. this yeah. person talking about the event yeah. and, and all that stuff. And, and it's just, they're, yeah. they're, everybody tries and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not trying to name names in this. Oh, no. I'm just talking about media and, and, and bikes and events. Right, and, right. But you're 100% you're right where at this moment, and it has for a little while, a majority of the the funding is falling just on the brands, mm -hmm. you know? And even Vans feels it at some point too, because the feeling was we can't help everybody. Of course. And, and that, that was the, that was the gist of it. And I, you know, of course I was, the reason we were even in the conversation is because, you know, everything I do as far as events is fundraising for someone. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so you know it was it was hard for me to to uh accept but he's right like mm -hmm. it, well first of all he's got to an answer to vanity fair like what what did this do for for vans right you know yes we want to help people but what what did that do for for vans that event that joe doherty put on up in connecticut mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i totally understand it so yeah what you're saying makes makes a lot of sense and i I feel like they do shoulder quite a bit as far as the non-hard good BMX brands. Well, as a lifestyle brand, like we said before, um, I think they shoulder a lot of it. Yeah. Drink companies. Yeah. Besides them, I don't really know of any others that are outside of the BMX, like hard good companies. 
bike true bike companies yeah well i mean it yeah and uh, you know it's interesting because there's layers to it too when you're talking about the industry and stuff maybe there isn't very many shoe companies mm-hmm. in bmx because there's nowhere to sell them mm. bike shops right. don't sell clothes right. bike shops don't sell shoes right they don't they don't sell the whole most of them thing don't. most most of them yeah. don't of course right. there's there's the circuits and there's there's yeah, the places th- say, that yeah. have yeah. all the things which is right. great yeah. but you can almost count them on one hand yeah yeah and and definitely going back in history before a lot of these cool shops even started, BMX used to be a, a display in a in a mom and pop mountain bike shop. Yeah, yeah. So it was even smaller. You'd yeah. be lucky to have if you could go into that shop and even buy a full BMX bike. You'd be yeah. lucky if they had enough parts for that. Oh, right. You know. Yeah. But so what is what is a brand gonna do when they're like, oh, BMX is cool. I want to enter BMX. Uh-huh. Well, there's 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 not really an ecosystem for them to enter, other than right. just helping yeah. their riders yeah. because they they can't. They, at the end of the day, they'd want to enter BMX because there's sales in BMX. Mm-hmm. But if there's no sales, they're gonna go. Well, we're gonna enter something with sales. Right, right. You know, because mm-hmm. they're a business as well. You know, the mail orders will carry everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the old school way, like a dance. Yeah, right? yeah, and and things like that. But that's not enough to sustain multiple multiple shoe companies coming mm-hmm. in. And but I mean, it's ridiculous, right? You ne- nothing drives me mm-hmm. crazier than seeing surfers uh-huh. and motocross dudes sponsored by shoe brands. Yeah, yeah, yep. Like one by- doesn't wear anything on their feet. Yeah. <laughs> Other the other one. ones wearing boots, not yeah, any kind of boots. Sure, the brand might make the motocross boots or something, yeah, but typically yeah. they're not on the motocross boot no. company. They're on a shoe company, yeah. and it's to put a logo on their bike. Mm-hmm. Geez, how long is it before Vans makes a motocross boot? Yeah, I wouldn't they doubt so, that they might already. They make snowboarding boots. They, they make hiking make boots, boots. So they might make a motocross boot yeah. already. Maybe. Um, I never thought. I never yeah I know I I don't think they do but yeah oh I was talking about the shoes not only Mm -hmm. do we need shoes to ride our bikes you can develop a shoe that's better to ride bikes in not only that we're using our shoes for brakes on our bikes we're burning through shoes faster than a runner faster than a basketball player faster than a skateboard it's like skateboarding and BMX was designed to ruin shoes yeah and so shoe brands should capitalize on that hey shoe brands come into bmx but just do it right don't come in and say we're gonna test it out with one guy because what is that test yeah it's not a test of anything yeah you need a team you need to put and when i say put on event Mm -hmm. that shoe brand could just go to their local skate park and put on put up a tent Mm -hmm. and bring their riders to it and say hey come out and ride with our ride that's an event that's a BMX event. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a contest. It right. doesn't have to be anything. Just put on something that's going to bring BMXers yeah. together. Right. You know, I I do want to mention N's shoes, uh-huh. SDG. Like there are some BMX shoe brands still. Just what was the first one you said N's. Uh, N's the the guys out in California. Um, I'm gonna brain fart his name. 
but that's right. but it's a family it's, doing the shoe brand i believe it's the the rider maybe, maybe his brother and sister yeah. are part of it um they do like three models of shoes it it's e all this N -N so uh e n d s oh ends ends okay. i got you yeah right. not jason ends <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like the ends and this so so there are small there's the sdg yeah. down here trying to do some bmx shoe stuff fade footwear but again and then union up if, my way if yeah and union square yeah, yeah. exactly but he's it's, putting but a if, lot of effort into it um, and that's great but he needs support you know, yeah. so he needs some support, not only from riders, but he needs the support of the shops carrying the stuff right. and supporting the stuff. Right. And right. and so at the end of the day, if he doesn't have an outlet to sell it, all of these guys, mm -hmm. what, what, that is the end goal for some of that. Right. You know? Right. So I definitely want to shout out, there is more shoe brands in BMX but there's a few paying brands <laughs> very you. few yeah jobs yeah. around right. shoes and stuff but right and the big one happens to have been around for a long long time right you know and they've got that corporate backing so it's a I, I get it and I'm glad you mentioned and they the do great they, they do put on their events yeah. like they come in they support more riders than probably any brand yeah. you know yeah. and uh which there's pros and cons to that as well, but mm -hmm. they they put on their events, they put out videos, mm -hmm. they're supporting BMX in the same way BMX is supporting them, and that's how that functions. I yeah. don't know why other brands don't see that functioning like it does either. with Vans. I could be totally wrong on this, but I feel like they're the only one that's really capitalized on on the progression of women in BMX. Mm -hmm. I don't know why more companies haven't and maybe they have latched on to that and promote and helped yeah promote it because it's a big movement I mean it's it's going pretty well and as you said in the interview uh, non-binary also yeah so there, Benny who's here today with us yeah 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 I just think that's something to look at think about you know, it in is. the context of what we're talking about right now as for it is getting involved and you know that's I'll, I'll be honest that's one of the things I struggle with a little bit as a brand manager as a I would never want it to appear mm -hmm. that like oh that's the trend we need a girl oh right, right or right. that's the trend we need this mm -hmm. because that's at the end of the day that's not what Sabros is about for us I don't think it would ever appear that way that's Be great because the company well anyone that's, that's familiar with the company which hopefully more and more people are mm -hmm. every every day but go ahead that's yeah. you know that's why we sponsor riders like george mm -hmm. george is on the team just as much as any of their other riders are as on the mm -hmm. team uh george has cerebral palsy he's he's dealt with it his whole life mm -hmm. he'll he'll say this to you straight up he's not the best bike rider Mm -hmm. And and I don't like when he says that, but I know what he's trying to say. Skill-wise, it's not there. And that's basically because he can't function like mm -hmm. the rest of us. Yeah. But all that did was make his love for the sport bigger, and yeah. his effort is more than anybody else's, and he shares the love for a BMX bike. So mm -hmm. to me, anybody that shares that love for the BMX bike is a candidate to be on our teams. Yeah. Regardless of any background. Yeah. You know, we Benny and I were talking about it today. 
and and I I learned more about what Benny's going through and what Benny's mm-hmm. uh, living with in his life and 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 all that stuff. And it wasn't a factor in sponsoring him. Yeah, and it, it's right. not a factor. It it doesn't change how we sponsor him or sure. anything. He's ju- they're just a BMX rider, yeah. you know. And that's that's I hope people see that as the girl thing progresses too. Mm-hmm. I really like what's going on. I mean, there there is quite a lot of brands that are sponsoring girls. It's great, and and now there's more events and sure. things like that. It's awesome. Right, love it. Right. But uh, USA BMX Freestyle is what I what I was going to bring up because we were talking about ways to support, uh, and they're supporting it obviously, hundred percent. Yes, is in it, so it's an amateur outlet for competition, right? Yeah. Did you go to the one the stop here? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I I went to the first event of their second season. I think the first season was basically a one off event. Yeah, maybe it just started yeah. with the one at Woodward, maybe. Yeah, and yeah. Then in the spring they had their. It was then actually it, the second stop of their second season. But anyway, they they've really been pushing it hard. Yeah, what are they? They're yeah. up to like seven stops or something like yeah. that. Maybe more this year. Yeah, it was so, just to touch on this one sure. here. One of the coolest things about the one here yeah. was there was very few people from Florida here. Oh, everybody I talked to. Someone flew in from Wash. The whole uh-huh. family flew in from Washington, Arizona, yeah. California. Like it was like a BMX race. It was like a BMX. Race. It felt just like a BMX race. Yeah. It, it was yeah. very cool. I think it's important they've they've uh, they've jumped in this, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure that it's an opportunity for them. Sure, but they can handle the opportunity. They have the people and they have the infrastructure already built. Right. So it's. You know, in avenue for for competition, if that's what you like to do, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do with your with your skills as an amateur, or I guess they they've been having a. Pro, I think they're they kind of do toward, the open class. I think, or, or I think they're working on doing it to count toward UCI points. I for think Olympics. so. Yeah, they were trying to work on that, and I don't know if that's still an option with yeah. all the stuff the UCI is doing because. Oh, I wish I could remember, but I'll, you know what? I'll find out when I interview uh, B from uh, the Bloom. Oh, awesome! Weekend. Cool. Yeah. She'll um, she'll tell us where that's at. I'm sure. But again, it's 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 a. I wish riders would look at things a little differently, uh-huh. and I don't mean like changing your views or opinions. I'm not even saying you got to like that contest. I'm not saying you got to go to it. Just first and foremost, just look at that as a BMX event. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. There's a BMX event happening this weekend. Cool. Don't End of story. It. Don't yeah. Don't yeah, yeah. don't tweet about how lame it is. Yeah. Don't talk about. Just it's a BMX event mm-hmm. and ignore it. Yeah. And if it's a BMX event that you are interested in, mm-hmm. go to that because yeah. the same reason you're interested in going to your type of BMX event is the same reason those kids are interested in going to that type of BMX event. Right. Right. And we're so we still do this segregation thing, and mm-hmm. and it's just so. And maybe that comes with age because I've been a twenty-one-year-old mm-hmm. pro rider, mm-hmm. and I was a big offender of talking shit on people I didn't like mm-hmm. and their riding styles and what they. But in hindsight, that's what they liked to do, right. and, and that's right. what they wanted to do, and and things like that. So at this yeah. point. 
I'm, I'm very over this type of riding and this mm. type of riding and it's too corporate and it's too this because you can't have BMX in the Olympics without Swamp Fest. Yeah. And you can't have Swamp Fest without Battle of Hastings and you can't have Battle of Hastings without USA Freestyle coming in uh -huh. and you can't have that without Vans doing their own bowl events. Right. Like I look at a Vans bowl event, I'm not ever I'm not going to ride a 13 foot deep bowl in River <laughs> yeah, and that contest right. has no a lot of our riders would never enter that contest, but uh -huh. do I do I say it shouldn't happen? No, it's for those riders yeah. because because this event might not have any bowls, uh -huh. you, you know. Right. So right. you need opposite ends of the spectrum mm -hmm. because BMX encompasses both of those, sure, the whole spectrum. So right. it 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 is a bummer when when that. It's to me talk about it, hate on it, whatever. Keep it, but keep it between friends and all that stuff. You don't need to be blasting how bad other things are because that's just a negative. Yes. And then there's cool contests that bring both the worlds together. To me, that's some of my favorite ones is when they uh, all get together yeah. and, and get to do it. You know, would you consider that this weekend Swamp Fest? In a sense, yeah, but maybe not as much. Maybe I was thinking a little bit more like a simple session oh, okay. might bring, you know, like a Devin Smiley and a, and a Logan Martin or, or, you know, there's there's the freestyle aspect of it and there's the street aspect of it. Yeah, now, granted, yeah. you need a little clarity yeah, yeah. on how it's judged, Yeah. And but the, the overall of getting everybody in the same location and riding together yeah. has the appeal to me. Right. Um, but yeah, Swamp Fest is like that. There's going to be dads out there. There's going to be moms mm -hmm. out there. There's going to be little kids. There's going to be mid-school riders. There's going to be trail. There's yeah. kids that only go to Swamp Fest for the trails. There's kids that only go to Swamp Fest for the swamp rail. Yeah. There's people that only go for the party. So go right. for whatever reason you want to right. go. Just go. Yeah. Just yeah. go and support it. And that's how I feel about the USA freestyle thing. Uh -huh. Just go, support it somehow. Just go and watch. If it's yeah. happening in your town, why wouldn't you want to watch someone yeah. do a flip whip on a concrete box? Right. It doesn't mean you have to love it or anything. Yeah. You yeah. cannot deny that a flip whip is a crazy thing to do with a bicycle. Right. Whoever can do it. Right. right. <laughs> and I'm willing to bet that if you went to any rider and said, I will grant you this gift of a flip whip, they would do them. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know sure. I would do I would do it all the time if I right. could. So I don't know. Like I said, maybe it's the the age in me that's that's bring everybody You're together right, right. again. But I, I that was more of the vibe when I was growing up. Yeah. We would ride street, yeah, what we called street riding, and mm -hmm. then we would go to the trails because mm -hmm. I really grew up riding in Phoenix, Arizona. That's when I found freestyle. I raced before that, mm -hmm. and I saw the dirt jumping contest that in in the between the motos and mains and yeah. stuff like that. But and I loved watching it and stuff. But I didn't understand freestyle just yeah. yet. I was so mindset on racing. Uh -huh. But when I got to 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 Phoenix, I found a trail scene, uh -huh. and and I found that th this. 
I never had a scene kind of before that. It was always go to the track, and the track was the scene. But this scene, they would go ride street, and they would go ride Thrasherland ramps out in the desert in yeah. Arizona. Right. And then they'd ride pools. And then mm. Thursday nights was open practice. We'd load yeah. up our pickup trucks and go ride the track for three hours. Right. Some of the kids right. didn't even race, but we'd go to the track and ride it because sure. it was another obstacle to ride your bicycle on, and right. it was just fun. So. I just still I just wish I could inject more of doing yeah. doing the other aspects of BMX along the way. You know, like like if go to the if you're just a diehard street guy, uh-huh. go ride a bowl for an afternoon. It's yeah. going to be fun or at least yeah. funny when you're trying to figure crap out and stuff, you know. Yeah, it, it's well, first of all, with age comes wisdom. So I would not <laughs> say that it's just an old thing. It, it, you're an old guy, you know, with old old ideas you're explaining to me exactly how you came to your opinion on that and you've got to respect that uh or someone that just hasn't given that thought a chance yeah because you are speaking from experience you've maybe that's it they're that, not willing that, to give that, that thought a chance it's yeah. not because you're a crouchy old man <laughs> and i am an old man you're not <laughs> but yeah i mean that's that's respected and i think you are doing it i don't even know if you know you're doing it but you're already doing it anyway yeah just by the way you market i uh, think so yeah the brands market sparkies and, and even from the start you know some of the guys we sponsored to me it, it was so much of the lifestyle was a part of it because just for the example a lot of people have this example you can be the best bike rider the the best person that's ever touched a bike Uh and if you're an asshole i don't care what you can do on a bike (laughs) you know and you might not have all the skills but Mm -hmm. if you're just as stoked on bmx as i am then that's that's cool with me so it's not always about being the best rider or the the rider of the moment or you just won this contest so you're our next our new rider because that happens in bmx too and and it's how they feel about our brands too because sponsoring people we like to sponsor people for the long run you'll you'll see that in our brands i mean i'm an example of it byron anderson is an example of it Mm -hmm. and gl is an example of it gl is the first person ronnie sponsored with UGP. Oh, that's right. And Wait. he still works here. Waiting his way back in his early racing years. Or, yeah. Or actually, well, yeah, when he was racing pro, right? And so we, you know, we want to not only invest with our riders, mm-hmm. but we want to grow with our riders. And, mm-hmm. and we're still trying to grow, and our riders are still trying to grow. So let's grow this together, and then uh, it can be really awesome. So to me, if they're into the brands, and they have the same mindset when it comes to BMX, mm-hmm. this relationship can really last a long time. And mm-hmm. and Simo just passed 10 years. Jerice is on 10 years this year. Wow. Matt's gotta be on eight or nine. He's, yeah. he's right up there. Trey, it's, yeah. it's all these guys that have just been on the team for a long time. And it's yeah. very cool to me. I guess nowadays there's more of that going on than it used to, it, gosh, back in, Back in our our early BMX days, you and I, uh, people were jumping team to team every year. Almost, mm-hmm. you know, Gary Ellis was the only guy I knew that ever stayed on one team for that long. Yeah, you know, but yeah, that that's pretty cool. And you're you're bound to get knowledge and uh, in in respect, I would think, by keeping people on for so long for the long haul because of their sounds like because of their attitudes. 
just the way they carry themselves. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've, you've seen and some of the listeners have seen people come and go throughout the time. Obviously, we've been in business. Shadow's on year 20, and, and Sabrosa's got to be coming up on 15. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm off 2000. I'm bad at math. So we're actually on 13 this year, and Shadow's like... 22 or something like that. Oh, yeah, Shadow was before Sabrosa, yeah. Back in the day, I was still on Kink when Shadow started. So I was riding for Kink and Shadow at the beginning. It was pretty close. It was like four or five years or so before. Mm -hmm. And that was mainly the focus was just on the one to get Shadow going. When you were wrapping up some things, I... uh... I walked around, got a couple questions from your coworkers. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, this, this should be. Uh, this should be. It, there's only a couple. Actually, I'm gonna start with it with a uh, one that's not a joke. <laughs> what's, a, what's a typical day for Ryan Shear? Typical day, lately anything but typical, right? I mean, all yeah, the industry yeah. stuff and the oh my gosh, world yeah. and news and right now is is quite a mess and and. Yeah. Again, we try to focus on the positive, but there's a lot of real-world situations happening right now. Mm -hmm. And on the Sabrosa and Shadow side of things, we're no different. We're a business, Mm -hmm. and there's problems going on with every single business. BMX, Mm -hmm. car, clothing. I'm in a supply business. It's challenging. Right. And so... and. I, I love the word challenging because that's what it is right now. It's sure. challenging. And it might be the most challenging time in mm-hmm. BMX. But if you look through BMX's history, they've been through some pretty challenging mm-hmm. times. So BMX will be fine. All this stuff will be fine. Yeah. It's very interesting. We're a smaller operation, even though three, four brands shop across the street, coffee mm-hmm. shop, bike shop across the street, yeah. um, trading agency in Taiwan. All the riders we sponsor, all mm-hmm. the worldwide riders we sponsor. We say we're a small business, but there's a lot of people involved in it. And so, like I said, all the employees here are kind of doing quite a different, quite a lot of different things at the moment. Because mm-hmm. recently we're probably, you know, down uh, five or six employees mm-hmm. through what's what's going on and stuff like that. So typical day is, you know, get up relatively early. Mm-hmm. Do some stuff with the dogs. Do you know? Try to cram in a couple house chores because right. you right. got that side of life to take care of. Yeah. And and don't then let, I'll head don't into let your sp- wife see the post by scene. <laughs> right. Well, funny you mention that. I mean, we we did the whole remodel thing, and yeah, yeah. and I got a Trans Am sitting in the garage. So <laughs> my place and my feed and scenes feed are are very similar. Although he's doing a lot more of the work himself and. And his is just looking spectacular. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then I come into Sparky's. There, there'll probably be meetings scheduled that day. There'll mm-hmm. probably be emails from a couple of the team guys ordering parts. Uh-huh. Uh, there'll be phone calls. You know, mm-hmm. catching up with a shop or a rider, or yeah. maybe it's another employee that I gotta go meet with. And right. You know, we're we've got to talk about the marketing we're doing as a brand which right. might not include any riders, budgeting, all mm-hmm. there's all kinds of stuff. So there's not really a typical day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of a little bit of everything every day for the most part. Right. I mean, some days 
too. I'm, I'm very blessed. You know, some days I just work from home and I'll just, that's the email day and it'll sure. be catch up on email. Some days yeah. it's phone call day and yeah. I'm just trying to reach out to as many of the team guys as I can. I know how busy you are. So I was just like, well, I'll drop him an email. I'm not worried about it. Mm -hmm. What's what's meant to be and what's meant to happen is going to happen. But I felt so bad because just like when I first got here today, I'm like, so GL stressing because he had he has some international stuff to finish up. Yeah, is there's juggling, job? and you're, you're I'm not the best juggler. I'll be the first one to admit, you know. But I'm going to try you're every okay day. It, right, you're still here. Oh yeah, done it a while. But yeah, it is about juggling. You got to put stuff mm -hmm. in order. You know, it's a conversation we're having a, a lot with our team guys this year, and, and it's like there's going to be a little shift on focus with us. You know, it's uh -huh. sales marketing at this moment versus maybe rider marketing or, or, or you know, sure. things like that. But it doesn't mean we're not doing a trip either. But right. it, that might not be the focus, and there might be one later in the year or something, right? Yeah. You know, right now we got to be doing this. But, yeah. you know, sometimes GL comes into work you can come into work and you can have a plan of what you're doing and oh, you can yeah. walk in the front door and you crumble that <laughs> yeah. plan up and toss it in the trash and you know right. so there's a little bit of that as well you know this is a lot of the stuff is still new to me yeah. like I'm again I'm blessed and mm -hmm. I went from high school to being a BM you know to working in a bike shop to being a pro BMX rider to working here it's great, but it's also, they don't have all the job history yeah. experience behind sure. me. I'm still learning yeah. my job along the way, too. So yeah. as long as the guys are patient with me, which everybody is, yeah. we get it done. It's a pretty tight ship here, too, so everybody lends in uh -huh. with everybody else. You know, we've everybody's kind of got their main titles, but sure. Jordan... Uh, Jordan's like kind of in-house video guy and, and working on web store stuff. He also helps out at Juvie Hall and, right. and, and so other right. stuff. And then so, you know, GL's, like I said, GL's product management or uh -huh. product design and, and, and head of all that stuff. And so he's got a team under him, but now mm -hmm. he's doing some distro stuff too. So now he's got to work with sales guys and things like that. So we're all kind international, of right. international too. Yeah, Which so big deal it's a big deal and that world Good is job. that world is in the process of changing as well yeah. at this moment uh, BMX is in a very strange spot and mm -hmm. international distro is is shrinking and changing very rapidly and it's gonna look very different in the future we're also here not only are we talking about today but me and Ronnie will sit in that office and go what is five what's the new five-year plan at this moment you almost don't know what that yeah what shopping is going to look like in a couple more years yeah. or or that kind of thing so it's it's going to take yeah it's going to take a little while to work through this and, yeah. and uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think the the biggest issue and, and we're going to have an issue with it at my work but i think we're already starting to feel it uh, but it's the inventory issue. Mm -hmm. you know, we did purchase order after purchase order after purchase order until the manufacturer said, don't send us any more purchase orders. Mm -hmm. We we can't. And thank God they shut them off, shut off the PO, the purchase orders because we'd end up with even more material than we have. Wow. We've got a lot. And yeah. mine, mine's all uh, plumbing, heating, HVAC. So it's, okay. it's equipment. It's yeah. expensive stuff. Fortunately, we have enough stores that will get through it, but I mean, we're talking a lot of equipment. I, 
how is it for you? Is, is that it for you also, inventory? Uh, yeah, because inventory is basically the unknown. You can do as many projections as you want. You can design the decals as much as you want. You can pick what you think is the perfect color. I had a color book somewhere around here out yeah. of this whole book. And yeah. someone still has to like that and purchase it. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up the inventory situation because yeah. that's essentially what is happening in BMX right now. Mm -hmm. Some companies went your company's route and purchase order after purchase order after purchase order. Mm -hmm. And some companies like our company, and I will brag about this, mm -hmm. is we knew what was happening with sales during COVID was not gonna last forever. Mm -hmm. And so we were very conscious of that with our ordering and we kept it small. And mm -hmm. even we're turning down orders like you said, they were turning down purchase orders. Yeah. We were turning down orders from distros because we're yeah. like, you just got all this stuff. We don't think, like, come back as soon as this stuff's gone but and we'll have the one stuff. Time event. But this is not yeah. going to keep going. And just like your world, it didn't keep going. Mm -hmm. And so now there are some brands that are just sitting on an actual mountain mm -hmm. of inventory. There, there are brands that are renting warehouses because they have too much inventory and they need to store it mm -hmm. somewhere. You know, Ronnie and our sales team here mm -hmm. really, that's part of the two and the five year plan. They're always looking ahead and we're always trying to look mm -hmm. ahead. So not only can we proceed and grow as we proceed, but it is proceeding with caution. You don't mm -hmm. know what's ahead. Right. so. You know, it's very interesting in BMX because COVID was amazing. Mm -hmm. We were washing the floors in the warehouse during COVID because the racks have never been so empty that we could move them. And our, the yeah. racks back there, we could move them and clean under them and repaint yeah. and move the racks back. Right. And then it all just kind of slowed, yeah. slowed, slowed until it actually stopped. So now there's basically a traffic jam yeah. with all the inventory. Uh -huh. And you're, and now on top of that, there is a pricing problem because some brands have so much inventory that they just need some yeah. cash for it. Yeah. Because there's bills coming in. And these if sales aren't going out, the bills are still coming in. Uh -huh. And uh, so prices are dropping, liquidation is happening, bikes being sold for under cost. Under the cost that it takes to make that bike, it's just being dumped into the market. So for and instance, a rider- that creates. That creates a, 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 well, again, a rider might not know what that creates. A might, yeah. rider might go, oh my God, that's great. That brand is offering that bike for $99, that's great. Well, now all of a sudden, our comparable bike mm -hmm. that cost us $200 to get here now has a $99 value on it. Mm -hmm. Because of someone because that overstocked. someone else that overstocked and, yeah. and valued their product at that, mm -hmm. and that we can't even sell our stuff for regular price right now. So that's mm -hmm. how, and when I say we, other bike companies as well. Yes. We as in bicycle industry, sure. you know, so... Yes. Yeah. So the traffic jam is across the board and it yeah. involves shops, it involves distros, it involves manufacturers even. Right. So, I mean, another aspect of this that riders might never think of uh -huh. is there's factories closing. 
overseas overseas and things yeah. like that so yeah. how many factories are going to close before there's only a few left to make some of this bmx stuff and then if there's only a few left the factories are going to name whatever price they want and all the prices are mm. going to go back up again so oh what a snowball yeah okay. uh, this, this is, is just... all just a snowball effect again yeah. it's a moment in time yeah. It's a, it's a, there's your guy. Yep. Jerry's just showed up. Pretty awesome. That's a bunch of team guys coming in for Swamp Fest and That's stuff like that. That's the hair that. dude. That's all I know. Yep. yep that dude. is the hair dude. I mean, it's hard for me not to pay attention so to any, hair. anybody. Because I'm like, wow, that's a say, lot of up. hair. <laughs> I've got one that keeps growing on the side of my head. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, it's going to be. A little scary and a little interesting. Yeah. Because this is going to be a long-term effect for sure. I, it is going to be a long-term effect. There's people out there now that are in the market to buy that may wait until people, until uh, brands get more desperate, we'll say. Sure. Let's hope that doesn't happen because that could create a whole nother problem. Well, a little piggyback on that too was yeah. the COVID boom. Mm-hmm. and every, So everybody's sitting at home. Parents need something for their kids to do. One thing you could do was ride a bike around a neighborhood. Yeah. So they bought all these complete bikes or yeah. bikes or fixed up old BMX they, bikes they might have had. And that's when our sales and everybody else in BMX sales were amazing. Uh-huh. Well, now that guy might be back to his regular life. Yeah. And it might not involve a, a BMX bike. Right. So you go on Facebook Marketplace or eBay yeah. right now, and it is just, it's a bike shop of... Mm-hmm. barely used bikes because yeah. the kid rode for four months during COVID and then put the bike in the garage. Yeah. So not only that, there's this whole secondhand market uh-huh. and things like that, which is sure great for people getting into BMX. Yeah. Yeah. But again, there, there's positives in that. Through the COVID boom, we mm-hmm. probably grew BMX X amount. Yeah. Because some of those people will stay with BMX and they found right. BMX during COVID yeah. and they're going to love it just like we love it, you know? So. Racing? Has gone through Racing that. has gone through that. And they're know? still on a high right now, but I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the sanctioning body knows there's a peak, you know, and, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a valley at some point. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still huge. How do you think we get dirt jumping back into BMX racing? Because I, I feel like, why it, shouldn't that happen? Like, that I, should. I feel so pessimistic about this one. I, I hate to be, but I think it's so far gone the other way that GL and I, we're not going to be able to fix this by showing up on flat pedals and, <laughs> and steel bikes. We can't. We can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd love to say that him and I can. I mean, my right. best friends from back in the day that are back in it, they're clipped in. They're saying, I, I can't compete unless I right. do what the other guys are doing. So, right. I mean, that that is racing nowadays. It's People are still competitive and... Uh, have competitive mindset if you did it before you were competitive then and when you pick it back up i don't care what anyone says you're still going to want to be competitive i could say oh i'm just there to have fun Mm -hmm. that's not entirely true it's not as fun if you say i got third place as it is if you say you got first it just is you can have a great time getting third but if you have a great time and you get first it's even better (laughs) so don't ever sponsor me (laughs) <laughs> because it's going to ruin my life because the pressure you know would be it would be intense because right. everyone's competitive yeah like, i would want to win actually i'm in a perfect place right now because i have one of your bikes yeah you're repping that yeah. red speed yeah. wolf it looks so yeah. awesome ronnie and i when i did his interview it was long before i bought the bike 
Cool. And by the way, he was the most gracious guy when I bought the bike. Yeah, it was very cool to see. You don't meet many people like that, that take the time to say, thank you so much for ordering this stuff. And, and I wasn't looking for a deal. I did not. I paid what I should have paid for the bike, which is what it said on online. Yeah. You know, when I bought it. So anyway, um, well, we'll go back to the, the dirt jumping and BMX. I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, I'm trying to trying to get more race, racers to my annual event. Mm-hmm. There's a handful yeah. that show up that are kind of like, like you and I experienced back in the day with someone like Dave Clymer or... Actually, there'll never be another Dave Clymer, but um, that <laughs> are the doing, all around. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing both. Yeah. I mean, Vic Bem, you could say, yep. does both yeah, yeah. well. Um, there's a few guys, but unfortunately, there's not enough to turn sure. what's but happening. But I don't, I don't necessarily mean ch- to change racing. But Oh, no, I mean to bring it back. But, but not even to bring back racing. How do we interject... Jumping jumping into racing you know because it, it like it can't yeah. be a standalone event necessarily and mm-hmm. it partners so well with mm-hmm. racing you know and and i say this because I've, i i kind of get nervous about trail riding mm-hmm. i'm a big trail guy uh-huh. grow well because i grew up racing sure and so the next logical step yeah. is making that roller a yeah. little steeper yeah and right. why is this tabletop only five feet long when it could be eight yeah. and then 10? And yeah, then yeah. why is it a tabletop? It should be doubles. Yeah. And that's the normal yeah. progression. And then, uh-huh. and then, so I started, I started out just 100% racing. And then, you know, early teens, we had a public track in Eugene, public meaning like it was open 24 hours. You yeah, could just yeah. go ride it. Yeah. A lot of the tracks, you couldn't touch unless it was practice day or race day and and you know with it being public people mm-hmm. brought a shovel carve a little lip into the tabletop <laughs> so then there's a booter over there and then next thing you know they're building oh. a set of trails next to the track yeah. so all yeah. these guys in Eugene had this trails at the track yeah. yeah and so those two aspects of our sport go together yeah. so well they do and it's like but it's that issue of BMX where they alienate each other, and and BM, racing needs this specific problem. Well, now you or, need two or bikes. I was I, I said problem, I meant bike. Yeah, yeah. You need a specific bike for this. Yeah. When it wasn't, it 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 used to be, and I, again, I hate I'm not plugging it, but right. it used to be an S and M dirt bike. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm from the West Coast, or I yeah. rode on the West Coast, right. so you know. Everybody over here rode standards. Everybody yeah. over here rode S and M's. Yeah. So I had the S and M forever. Yeah. And it wasn't. I need a race bike and I yeah. need a dirt bike and I, it was you. You rode your S and M at the trails. You put pegs on it, rode it on street, and then you took I, the pegs off and brought it to the track. And it was one is, bike. And that's the number one reason why I ride trails with my number plate on. <laughs> yeah. My it's my regular. It's setup. just your bike. Yeah. It's my. BMX racing bike, but it's also my dirt jumping bike. Yeah. So it's, I mean, granted, it's a different set of circumstances because I'm not jumping huge sets. I mean, it's a pretty pretty tame life I live on the trails, but but I make sure that I I ride it like I used to. I don't. I can't be. First of all, I don't want to have two bikes that I have to make sure they're both in good shape. Right. All the time, right? Because I and be right and make them right feel similar, right? And yeah, the Which whole thing. You couldn't because the geometry is totally different on a dirt jumping bike, right? So, so I just run what I have and ride both. That's 
the only way I feel like I can contribute is to have people see that right. you can ride anything. But you're right. Racing has got to such a point that if you just lined up on the gate mm-hmm. with your bike and you're next to the guy that's just racing all the time, you're at a yeah. disadvantage from the get-go. Well, they've but figured out I have this theory. I have this kind of theory, and uh-huh. it would be great to put it on your podcast because you are so intertwined with all those trail guys and and had a lot on your podcast and stuff but Mm -hmm. and like i said i I grew up racing i went to i i would build fly out dirt jumps and learn all the tricks one footers and then it just escalated there and then i moved to phoenix Uh and it was like wow there's a trail scene and when i say phoenix it was union hills Uh and it was beardsley beardsley's in road fools one all the guys went yeah. there. Everybody got flat tires at our trails because everywhere besides the path is covered in thorns oh, and okay. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But it was a group out there of just yeah of, of trail risers. We'd, we'd watch what the guys in California were doing. We'd mm-hmm. watch what the guys on the East Coast were doing, and we'd replicate. Yeah. We had 10 packs and all, yeah, all yeah, everything. Yeah. It was so sick. But yeah. I found those guys because they were also mm-hmm. going to the track. Yeah. And so when we moved there, I moved around a lot as a kid. And uh, again, super blessed. It was always easy to make friends mm-hmm. because the first thing I do was look up the local racetrack yeah. and just go there and do a couple laps with people. Oh, we're the same age. Did we just become friends? Yeah. Done. Yeah. And then you'd ride everything together. So Phoenix was the first time where I was like, these trail guys were coming to the races. And yeah. then I, I met a couple of them and became friends with this guy named Willie Denny. Uh-huh. And he was also knew the trail guys, and that's how I made that connection. Mm-hmm. Was but there Will Bissell also. Will Bissell, the missile. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. He he lives. Uh, he was from Tucson. Okay. Uh, but again, the the scenes were so different. The Tucson mm-hmm. scene would come up and stay with the Phoenix scene. The Phoenix scene oh, would be nice. like, we're coming down for the weekend, and we'd go ride all their spots oh, okay. and and all that stuff. And uh, but going back to this trail kind of thought. Uh-huh. And it appears to me, and I feel like it is, that trails are are shrinking. Trail riding, and you know, not necessarily the amount of people or the feeling behind it or anything like that, or the size of the jumps, because certainly the size of the jumps is not shrinking. No. But what I mean is the next generation of people willing Mm -hmm. to dig or build trails. And my theory is, is that trails might have been too standalone. At some points, because there was in my professional career, mm-hmm. there was trails I was scared to go to. Right. right. Because it was like I don't want to case anything, even if I'm going to put my back down, put my bike down, mm-hmm. fix that case, pack, fix everything I did. I don't want to be the guy to do it in the first place. And yeah. and there wasn't, and this isn't a fact or even a hundred percent, but it was ne- it was almost. It was, they were never building small stuff for kids. It was almost kind of, we don't yeah. want kids out here. Right. And so what trail riding actually did without, they weren't doing this on purpose, they but they built, a, they installed a gap in the next generation of who's going to take over these trails yeah. or who's going to be next to build their own trails. Literal gap. And, and, you know, yeah. kind of vert riding in mm-hmm. a sense has done that vert riding is you could argue that trail riding and vert riding is some of the dangerous riding you can do if you think about trail riding 
20, 20 foot doubles in the middle of the woods and you're riding them by yourself. <laughs> That's pretty dangerous. Uh, or a group of kids, yeah. you know, vert, it's a 12 foot vert ramp. Yeah. There's only one way to crash on that. But vert never had a contest with a 10 foot ramp yeah. or even an eight foot ramp and say, yeah. hey, AMS, you're going to do this 10 foot vert ramp so you can be the next 14 foot vert ramp yeah. riders. And they right. weren't really working on the next yeah. people doing it. Street is so universal. Mm -hmm. You don't even need to teach a rider street. It's the first thing any kid does when he gets on a bike is he pedals down the street. Uh -huh. And then the second right. thing he does is ride off the curb. Right. And that's his first trick. Right. So it's just right there that yeah. street riding is just going to keep going sure. and going and going. But I feel like if these dirt jumping contests could get yeah. back into racing, yeah. then you're going to put the jumping in front of the kids yeah. again. Right. And then their kids are going to be like, I don't, you guys didn't learn all these tricks at the track. Where are you learning this? Yeah. And then they're going to find out about the trails and so on and so yeah. on. But it'd be interesting to hear from some trail riders, their thoughts on kind of new oh. trail riders, not to mention trail riders are like the most dedicated too. you're, yeah. you're at a disadvantage already because no one's building spots for you to ride. You have to build your own spot. And spots are really hard to find now. Harder than ever because, because we're always building, building on them on someone, someone else's, else's property. property and yeah. As soon as they hear about it, yeah. So we're down big time on trails. Yeah, really down big time. So there's the the track where I hold my annual event at Trumbull Trumbull BMX track in Connecticut. Uh, you need forward thinking track directors, which is what they have. So we're able to build a jump line every year for the event. Uh, this year he wants to build it and keep it. There's a guy that's allowing this to happen. Mm. So he's 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 finding a way to make it happen. And yeah. He's an old racer that you know from way back, and so I give him a lot of credit, and I I appreciate him being just ambitious and just have an open mind, and we'll make this work. That type of thing. It's the reason why we do it at that track. That's the only merging I anticipate seeing uh where i can get trail guys to the track yeah and it's that one day i mean there's a lot of lead up uh to it where where guys are helping build the line and they're riding the line yeah that, you know, the month before and all the local racers are seeing these things get built up and they built are. up and they're like what are they, they what's going to happen here yeah. and that's why he wants to keep it and he wants to make it so that the line now because uh, he also has a pump track on the property of the yeah, that's cool track. yeah so he's gonna have, he wants to have the jump line uh, basically transition into the pump track wow. afterwards. So he's forward thinking, he's, he's willing to take uh, chances. We've got to raise some money for dirt, but uh, that shouldn't be a big deal. Like I said, otherwise I can't really see anything else happening there. I can say that there's variety within, within a set of trails that's happening now more often than, than it ever was. And it's to accommodate for the older crowd that's getting back into it, as well as the young kids. So, so there are trails that are that are doing it. Yeah. But if you don't go and help build, and and I'm I'm guilty. The closest trails to me are about an hour and fifteen minutes away. Not an excuse whatsoever, but but I'm guilty of what needs to happen. I need to go there and build the section that I want to mm. ride, and so I can build it for me and for other guys that don't want to jump the real steep and deep section that's that's a super interesting point it made me just think of union hills mm -hmm. and it had the main 
this was 19th Avenue and Union Hill. Super cool uh-huh. scene. It was like uh, Josh, we call him Schmoove, Ron Hubert, Brian Val. Brian Val had his own jump out there. Fatty Patty, Ryan Merkel, all these guys. They they were in some video stuff back there. Just uh-huh. the the whole trail scene was very cool there. But yeah. now that I think about it. You know, Willie would build a trick jump over here, and Brian yeah. Val had this. These it was called the the Val jump. It was his own oh, jump. Okay. Yeah. And then the ten pack was the kind of thing everybody worked on. Yeah, and then yeah. someone might build a step up over here to learn tricks on. Yeah. So it it was almost just what you were saying. It was a whole mm-hmm. crew of people out there. But these two guys were like, I want to ride this, and these two guys were like, Oh, I want to step yeah. up. And and but it made this whole dirt yard the, the guys all that kinds can, of obstacles yeah the guys that can ride and build and work on and maintain the big sections it shouldn't be their job to build a section for me so that i can ride something when i go to the trails you know what i mean yeah i really think it needs to be done by and it works out that the older guys would know what a younger kid that's learning would need to ride so mm-hmm. it, it works out pretty well yeah that it's similar probably a little too easy at times but but still it's similar enough that you can attract some young kids and those young kids can help build it as well it's happening uh the problem is of course there's not enough places to build that are legit so a couple of us in up my way have talked about and looked for land so we could build buy the land yeah or maybe lease the land it gets into a caddy and posh situation in Pennsylvania right. where you got insurance. You have to insure. Yeah, yeah. So who's going to pay for the insurance? So that's usually what stops the thought really fast. Yeah. Plus, we all have lives. I mean, how much how much money does my wife want? How much money will would she even consider? Because we have to we have to agree on you know like any of course yeah any, yeah. any husband wife would. Uh, with finances have to agree on you know how much how much do we want to put into this it's come down to to me I can really only take care of myself as far as something close to where I live Mm -hmm. which would mean borrowing a piece of property from a friend that that has a a far larger piece of property than I do Mm because I live in a lake community where I've got a little quarter acre and half of it's underwater it's wetlands so I can't do it yeah I can't. can't do it there so yeah so it's come down to that because of spots so the concept is there and it's happening the land i think is the biggest issue and i think we're just going to keep losing sets of trails and it's going to end up being that the sets that are that stay would be vic and kara betancourt's house Mm -hmm. circuit and they have trails at their house yeah cody diggs trails at his house yeah those would be there but understandably and absolutely the way it should be is those are private trails yeah these, these families can't afford to take the hit right you know, someone getting hurt on their property. So it'll be there, but it might not be accessible. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think it's much different anywhere else in the country. Where, where would you not have the issue? I mean, maybe if you built in Missouri? Well, you know, right. I, yeah. And not necessarily about the issue, but like, you know, if tracks, mm-hmm. tracks thought more like your track operator and stuff yeah. like that, because tra- tracks kind of have the mentality of we're here come over yeah they don't yeah. seek new riders they're not out there like hey did you know yeah. you don't need a carbon fiber bike to come out here like thursdays yeah. is any bike thursday yeah. you know you sure. can bring a huffy you can bring a mountain bike whatever it's sure. just, just like 
I just, I, I'm really big on, I think every aspect, everything and everybody in BMX should have 1%, at the very least 1% dedicated to just giving back to BMX. And and it could yeah. be like, like from a rider's perspective. Mm-hmm. It could be even small as buying a bag of cement mm-hmm. and putting a transition on a Jersey barrier in your town. Yeah. Just create a spot. Right. It could be that small because if you're 10 of you on one Saturday, you're gonna create 10 new spots, yeah. just like that. And those 10 new spots are gonna right. create X amount of new riders. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do it bigger and you can throw a jam at your at your local park. Right. You know, you right. can, there's all kinds of stuff riders can be doing to give back to BMX. And then brands should be doing mm-hmm. it and then media should be doing it and contests sure. and shoe brands. And if, if everybody's putting this little bit back, yeah. Instead of, you know, lots of brands just come in and they do their scoop. And that's yeah. a little chunk that's just never going to yeah. be spent on anything BMX related. Mm-hmm. And they just scoop out their little yeah. thing and take off. It's like... I think uh, maybe your, your question was also asking how we can make BMX tracks more BMXy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that issue also is... is That's something that I... And I'd said it before, kind of, but I, I don't think I was specifically answering your question. I don't see a way to bring that back. I right. think the pro sections that, like this weekend in Florida, Oldsmar, well, I have no idea which direction Oldsmar is, but West. All right. So they have the Three something else. Supercross starting. The hill. crazy starting hill. Yeah. yeah. That's the one time you see people really jump. Uh-huh. It, it's batshit crazy. These yeah. People. I mean, there's seven stories or something high. I think it's called a five meter hill, but Me anyway, either. it's big, and there's what they call a kink because it it kind of because eh, out goes down. and then and, yeah yeah there's that one little spot I don't understand it but that's the spot everybody wheelies to yeah. I see the snap out of the gate and yeah. then right at that hump down and they're yeah. going down the huge yeah. rolling it's cool but it's want something in between right it doesn't necessarily have to. If it's a gap, it can be a a roller a roller enough gap. I just don't. I, I mean, don't they s- built them. They built them for speed. And to to go back to something we were talking about earlier, a contest. You don't necessarily have to be the best rider to win a contest. In some cases, you don't even need to be the best rider that day. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty rare. You don't yeah. need to be the best rider to have your best day of riding. Right. Maybe it's the course, and you right. just felt comfortable on everything like yeah. that yeah. but courses are designed that way yeah. courses are designed to where it's not the best rider it's not this type of rider racetracks right. are now designed for the fastest person uh-huh. on the gate is going to get to the finish line first right when i was racing it wasn't i wouldn't have won a race it's if it was smooth. like that yeah i remember who race can speed jump who can speed jump not only oh. that we'd have jumps with no backside so you just have a drop yeah, like yeah, and it was yeah. tight burn and it was moves right. and berms now yeah. it's who gets the first turn for the checkered mm-hmm. line might as well be at the end of the first berm because the rest of the track is a lot of pumping it's a lot of pumping and a yeah. lot of pedaling as fast as you can which is great but that's mm. That's just who's the fastest. Oh, but what I was saying is maybe there's an element to tracks where 
the track can do a better job of policing the field. Mm. You know, they're like, hey, we're not going to have the fastest track. We're going to have the most technical track in Florida. We're going to be known for the most technical track in Florida. And and Orlando is going to be known for the fastest track in Florida. But, you know, certain riders are going to be drawn to this track and certain riders are going to be drawn to that track. So. What I was going to say is, is Connecticut is unique. I think New England in general is unique. The Northeast is not doesn't have cookie cutter tracks. It's funny because the the Northeast, for the most part, has not changed the shape of their tracks at all. Really? Yeah. So the good news is that uh, there's this one local I go to every Wednesday. That track is the oddest shaped track. This Bethel Supercross don't know why it's called supercross it always has been <laughs> because it's the furthest thing from, all bmx tracks seem to be the furthest thing from actual supercross like yeah. people think you know motorcycle supercross but they still have a big step up into the first turn very rollerable but you could trick it and you can jump it and i i make sure i jump it every time mm-hmm. usually first lap of practice just just do it get out, just, of, the yeah, get yeah. out of the way so anyway they're the tracks in Connecticut still have jumps. And then you get the progressive guy that had the national last year at the Trumbull track where I have the events. Um, he's always changing the track, improving, mm-hmm. changing. So if you're if you're strong and fast, you could really have a good time at his track. Um, but the gaps are a little, not the gaps. Um, I mean, say it's a set of triples. If you're really good and you're really fast, you can jump the triples which are pretty far uh, so he's made it so that there there is the opportunity to jump but you have to really be a jumper yeah um, in the third second to last straight it's just a four straight track um, second to last straight he built a table so kids could actually jump the table so they'll you know like we always saw you and during practice you'd have kids sitting on top of the second turn Wait until it's clear. And yeah, jump that table. Yeah. So that's still that's still happening. So I think the problem is is the newer tracks or the tracks that have new track directors that only know USA BMX national type mm-hmm. track. They only know that, so yeah. they're going to build it as that. Connecticut, fortunately, if you if you want to jump something, there are tracks in Connecticut that you can jump. Yeah, and Long Island still, um, Shoreham still has a jumpy jumpy is track so if you look at the country as a whole i don't think that's necessarily the the same i think we're fortunate that yeah fortunate that, that no one has made any radical changes but maybe i'm seeing more i'm probably seeing more of the national circuit too which yeah. is just their tracks that they build for the nationals yeah if it's indoor for sure that's where you see it that that's where it's most evident when you watch it on if you watch the YouTube stream of the Grands. Like the Grands or a Reno race yeah. or some of those. You'll see a ton of rollers. Just yeah. roller, roller, roller. So it's 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 a game of pumping. It's it's a whole different style of riding. Yeah. I appreciate that it's there. It's, it's just a whole different style of riding. So it's not something that I would do. Right. And at the end of the day, same thing. Like, respect it. It's, mm-hmm. it's BMX regardless if yeah. you love it or not. It's like... Yeah. But it's there. Yeah. And the reason I make sure I go is because I want to be there for the next generation. So I participate so I can make sure my money goes toward keeping this here. Right. You know, so we we have great turnouts in Connecticut. But that doesn't answer the question for the country. I think kids haven't changed. Kids still want to jump. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, you know, maybe it's just a matter of uh, just getting the word out. I know we do uh, at the end of practice in at Bethel, but we have a little photo shoot, kind of ten minutes where there's there's a track photographer who also races. That's just he knows how to take a picture. He knows when to take it. Yeah. So there's a few of us like old school Mike Savage, him, myself, and Matt Dallas, and. He, so the point is, is to get pictures so they can use it to advertise for the next week's race. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So the kids are seeing what's possible. So that element is there. So I guess you could say we're pushing it in that, in that way, letting kids see what's possible. Yeah. There's cool stuff like, is it the TRD event? Oh, the TRA. Yeah. TRA. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I that's mean, wild. that looks so awesome. And that's so cool of an event to and, me. And that might be another avenue. But again, that's private property. Mm-hmm. It's one, one day a year. It's an amazing event. The trails are there. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. They've been there for a while. But that, that style of thing... That Mike General Quarters that that uh, runs that, it's awesome. Yeah. So thankfully, this stuff's happening. I think, I think what happens now is is kids are they start to learn what they want to do, just like they should with BMX, and they either break off like you did uh, to freestyle or just just trails. Yeah. I don't want to compete. I just want to jump. Yeah. That's still happening. I don't. I can't see a way to make to circle back around. I don't. Because aside from what I describe, all the things I described, that's the best we can do. Yeah. Is just do that, and if if it changes things over time, it does. If it doesn't, well, hey, USA Freestyle, you should holler at your coworkers at USA BMX and throw some dirt events at some nationals. It's been asked because I'm sure it's been asked. It yeah. should. Be. It's that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. why isn't that? Happening? They know they just. Do. At the Grands, one year, uh, t- I guess it would have been like 2014, 15, something like that. They did. It, they had a one jump, jumping. I don't know. I think it was more of a jumping Demo exhibition or something. Yeah. yeah. So they did that on the. I'm pretty sure it was the night of that pro spectacular thing, mm-hmm. Friday, the Friday night. I was race. at the Grands with Moeller on the bike with the banana seat and the evil Knievel <laughs> costume, yes, jumping yes. in the infield. And yeah. again, Jay Miron was there. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Levan. Well, fuzzy. fuzzy. Oh, but it, again, all those guys jumping at those things yeah. were racing too yes which was awesome yeah. like they were racing and yeah. ju- like fuzzy was making uh pro mains yeah. and finishing the top of the dirt jumping contest yeah. too it was so cool kind the of like first time first time i went to the grands was 1986 okay my mom just moved to down to florida and she gave me a sweatshirt i thought it was here but i don't have yeah. it here it's it's about this big and probably this tall and it's the it's a hoodie from the 86 grands oh, no way. it's so awesome remember how they used to draw the artwork yeah, for yeah. every national and yeah yeah, so it's the coolest sweatshirt I have. It does it's obviously I was six years old, so I can't put it on or anything. But <laughs> right. but uh, even at that one, it must have been the Haro team. But throughout the weekend, there was yeah. a box jump quarter pipe demo with the Haro team oh, at this right. race thing. So they were always just tying yeah. freestyle and race together, and race with freestyle, and it and it's well. The answer might be within their office, like you're suggesting, <laughs> because they they and the guy. There's a couple. I mean, there's a bunch of good people that, that work there. They've got some people in place that that would have interest, I would think, in that. Um, it's probably a matter of, okay, they're challenged by the turnout at these national events as it is to get races done. Mm-hmm. They've got so many motos. The, the, the 
mains, the final mains aren't, they're not finishing until late at night. They're, they've got that challenge to deal with. Mm. So to, to put something else in the mix is time-wise, it, it's just not possible. That's but, true. I but can see that. you could do it at the smaller races for sure. I would think they could make time for it. Yeah. So, We'll see. Let me investigate that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I'd like Sabrosa to... Sabrosa Dirt Circuit. Asked. What's that? The Sabrosa Dirt Circuit. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, oh, we won't talk other brands, but yeah, instead of... But it's, it's cool, too, because you know. Ronnie has so many stories of going to those oh races, but the freestyle guys are there, and it's just all the, one I big the pod of BMXers, you know? Those are the ones I entered with, the ones that Ronnie put on, the UGP Flying Circus. Yeah. And then it just got so that it was attracting such good riders that I had no no place being there. <laughs> so, but he, yeah, he did a bang up job with that. I mean, it was cool. it was awesome when it was DK Dirt yep. Dirt Circuit. Yeah, because thank God they did it. Yeah, that created some big time memories and some careers. And yeah, Robbie Miranda, he was racing, he racing, jumping, jumping. So that stuff was really really cool. So. Yeah, anyway, I don't want yeah, to Yeah, BF. Like, how cool was it that there was guys in cut-off jean shorts, but there was also guys in their full jerseys and leathers yeah, and yeah. custom-painted helmets on their race bikes? Mm-hmm. Just pff, three tables yeah. and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. God, we would wear our stuff, at, our uniforms at trails back in the day. It was, it was funny. It was, it was a step above just wearing keeping your number plate on. Right, right. It was like, yeah. I'm going to wear my whole uniform. That's awesome. And ride. All right, let me scan through because we were a little cool. over two yeah. hours. Wow, that. really? Yeah, yeah. Going. All right. Oh, I talked about coworkers' uh, questions, which I can't tell who asked you what. Uh, let's see. This this one's serious, and it's a compliment to you, I think. Uh, what keeps you motivated with BMX so much so that uh, even through the difficult times when it's not always so pretty, yeah, but you're still motivating others in this in this office, which they appreciate. Well, I appreciate that because I know I try to do that stuff, but I'm also human and I struggle with that stuff too. I think like everybody says who's been in BMX for a very long time, it starts with the passion for BMX, you know, and whether that passion came from me in my history of riding, you know, going the, the race route to free to dirt jumping to freestyle street riding and sponsored like I don't know whether that passion grew or whether the first time I touched a bike that was it and it was just a thousand percent passion from there on uh-huh. but for some reason it just became my tool and my outlet and my everything like my world was BMX for I'm 43 years old now, and mm-hmm. BMX has just been my world for literally the first 43 years of it. <laughs> right. So I don't really know an, a different way, but I'm, I'm also, as much as I'm trying to motivate other people, I'm trying to use other people to motivate me. And maybe that's where my view, some of my views on BMX come from, I get motivated by park riders. I get motivated by dirt jumpers. I get motivated by street riders. Like, uh-huh. if I see somebody doing something new or something different, 
are not even new or different, just their way, or right. or I can see how much they're enjoying it, then yeah. then I'm just stoked on it too, and that keeps mm-hmm. me stoked, you know? And being a part of Sparky's keeps me stoked because this is always changing and this is always evolving. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, there no two days are the same here, but that's also kind of exciting, you yeah, know? It, right. it, it helps... Right versus a redundant job kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, last year we didn't even have a bike shop across the street. Yeah. Now we've got one yeah. over there. So it's, you know, I get motivated by BMX and I try as best I can to share that motivation, mm-hmm. I think, because I want people to really see all the all the benefits and, mm-hmm. and the joy it brings so many people. Mm-hmm. But that's cool of them to say that. Yeah. Appreciate it. A little digging around when you, weren't, <laughs> when you weren't listening. Well, and it's a good team here too. As much as I try to motivate them, people walk in this o- this office and do the same with me, you know, and try to motivate me to do things. I and, in and now I forget. Now I forget his name. Uh, sits right behind the receptionist. Willie. Willie. He was so pumped on showing me around here. Very cool. It was very. It was refreshing because nice. it was like. But he was just like, "Oh, good to see you. I'm show you around," and he was. He was so excited about every part yeah. of it, uh, which was really cool. So that's a good sign. Yeah. And you have employees like that. Awesome, yeah. So so anyway, this is the other co-worker questions. Oh, one of them, uh, the question may have, may have come from somewhere on the, from one of the two properties or both. How many Sabrosa beers have you had in your, uh, not today, <laughs> I know you haven't had any today, in your, a in, little bit back since, there, since the Sabrosa beer um, was produced? Quite a <laughs> few. Luckily, they're produced in limited numbers, and they run out. Oh, good. Um, but it's very cool. There, that's another local local thing that, that happened, would just uh-huh. be in based out of here. There's a brewery up the street, and so we were, you know, after work going over there, and then yeah. eventually just started meeting meeting the people yeah. that work there, and yeah. yada, yada, what do you do, what do you do? Yeah. And then it led to BMX, and that's just kind of been another community-building sure. thing. It's, it's an opportunity for us to do cool art on some beer they take care of the beer for they obviously make Mm -hmm. the beer brew it for us and things like that we did get to pick kind of the flavoring and and things like that and uh and then we get to throw a party to celebrate the release which brings all the groups together again and it's just more of that community building thing because with anything it's it's got to start local and small and then it grows and grows and grows so yeah. We want to take care of this scene as much as we want to help other scenes around the world, but you got to start here. To answer your question, mm, somewhere question. between 100 and 150, probably. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, know. You've got to put a number on That's pretty good. I was joking with uh, Sean across the street about how he used to ask this question that the this, this South Jersey crew, they got me in the habit of asking this question. I finally stopped for a little while. Stems or caps? <laughs> so. I decided, I think, I think probably after the Van Homan interview that I wasn't going to ask the question anymore because every time I would put the podcast out for questions, the same guys would say, stems or caps. Yeah. Anyway, I brought back the stems or caps questions 
a question for them because I'll probably see them this weekend too. Yeah, mushrooms. I was that's where I was getting to. I'm I was gonna say I'm guessing this was pertaining. Well, I'm to... such an idiot. I thought they were talking about bicycle tubes. Well, for a second like... I was like, well, maybe there's something I don't know about in no, the BMX no. world because yeah, I, I was like, I think it's this, yeah. but then uh... no, you got your finger on the pulse. Yeah, you're, you're I'm more fine. of a, I'm more of a infused with chocolate kind of guy. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, to me. so it's probably stems and caps just yeah. in the, infused in the chocolate. Yeah. I've been on the uh, on the interview uh, receiving end of what well, actually it was at Swamp Fest, where uh, my interviewee uh, may have uh, dabbled in some uh, caps or stems. Not sure, <laughs> but the interview during did not, the it did not go well. Yeah, at, at all. But anyway, and then uh, oh, someone wanted to know if you have a someone asked if you're selling your Trans Am ever. It could be. Who? How? How? What's the offer? Yeah, Every, right. everything's yeah. for sale really that's that's well well i guess that's the answer everything's for sale dm me uh, yeah, it right. runs and dro <laughs> i drove it to work yesterday oh did you yeah oh actually sean showed me i, I think a, a picture or a video or something yeah i got that up i his. got yeah right out here <laughs> um I got it when I lived in Portland, and when I moved out here, I, I had to drive. I, I contemplated shipping it out here, but I was uh -huh. like, I'm never going to get the opportunity to drive a, a Trans Am across the country again. So I, I loaded up my cat in the Trans Am, yeah. and we drove across <laughs> country together. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, the, the bottom line on this last question I was going to ask you, it was a question from a coworker. The, the question was basically, do you have a tramp stamp? But it was, do you have a tramp stamp of maybe the Trans Am? It was the question. I what, so what it's it a two-parter. Uh, yes, I do have a trans tramp stamp. But is it of a Trans Am? It is not of a Trans Am. Okay, this maybe is that Japanese writing. It just says my name. That's all it says. I used to tell people it said Spring Break because I was. <laughs> Trying to make it seem cooler than it was. Yeah, right. But no, it was like 15-year-old me going like, this will be cool. But I have... 15? 15 or 16 at the time, probably. Wow. Yeah, high school. No, no, that's totally wrong. I must have been 18 because I yeah. think you had to be 18 to get it. So so it's probably, yeah. Depending on where you are. Yeah, it was one of my first tattoos. It was just, yeah, it was one of those, oh, there's a tattoo shop, I should get something kind of tattoos. Right. But fast forward a couple years later, we did a road trip to Japan. Uh -huh. I have confirmation that it says my name. It doesn't say okay, anything good. weird. It's not misspelled, nothing like that. It, it not says, to be misinterpreted. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. For yeah, that's, that you know, that's the important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Some clarity on that. Anything you want to finish on? I've uh, emptied out the questions that I think were important, the ones that were important to me anyway. I don't know. I'll keep it short. I'll keep it sweet. There's a lot of inclusivity-themed things around the world, and I would like BMXers to participate in that in BMX more. And it's just include other people that ride BMX. Mm -hmm. in the things you watch or the things you do or or and 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 the actions you take think about BMX as a whole in some of the stuff you do because if everybody thinks about BMX just a little bit then it's only going to be natural that 
everybody starts to give back and participate and and participate in other elements that you might have not promote or tried out you know riding trails one day or, or going to a park and then the second part is travel like i said the the union hills crew was my first kind of crew that would be like we're gonna go ride sheep hills this weekend oh, and, and yeah. we'd go to it was an excursion and yeah. we'd go out to santa ana and and yeah. we'd do the lap we'd ride twin palms and we'd uh -huh. ride sheep hills and then we'd go to eastbrook and ride mad artwine's front yard and uh -huh. like all this stuff and and but at the end of the day it was about intermingling with other riders you know the snm guys would load up in a van butler and stricker and all those guys and they'd come visit our trails and they'd stay in phoenix for the weekend and right and Oh, we can bring this whole interview full circle because I think we started with social media yeah, yeah. and we ended with social media. And I tell this to the team guys, I tell this to the M and Flow guys, I tell this to the international guys. You have to have some sort of follower that's willing to just let you crash on their couch. So re start reaching out to people you don't know in other places. Mm -hmm. Plane tickets are still cheap. Mm -hmm. Gas is relatively cheap. Mm -hmm. Travel is cheap when you have a place to crash at or, or something yeah. like that. So just start loading up your crew and going to visit other crews. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important for BMX because that's just going to, that's, that's another very easy way to introduce people to new things in BMX. Mm -hmm. New styles of riding, new riders, new spots, new places, new people. Right. And and that's kind of the basis of it, because that's that's one of my things from my very earlier years that I'll, I just even from race. That's what racing is, right. is traveling to other scenes. Yeah. And yeah. you get to go. Oh, there's there's other 16 year old experts. Yeah, there's yeah, other yeah. 10 experts in this right. town. Yeah. Why is that one so fucking fast? Yeah. Why is this one so <laughs> slow? I got him. No problem. But like. <laughs> It, it just introduces you to, and then you, yeah. you you might meet one kid that is the exact same as you. Mm -hmm. He's the same speed as you. He's He likes the same music as you do. He rides trails when he's yeah. not riding. And then now you have a friend in that town and you can go visit him when it's not a race. Right. And just, you know, it's open-minded and travel and visit people. Uh -huh. But the social media thing, that's, that's you, you must... If you have 10,000 followers, say you finally get that K mm -hmm. and you're at 10K, if you can't go through your feed and uh -huh. find someone that will let you crash on their couch for a week, yeah. you get get off Instagram. Yeah, right, That's right. proof that they're fake right. followers or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. use those followers to your yeah. advantage and then have yeah. them come visit you. And Because and mm -hmm. the, the funnest thing about BMX is traveling and... I'll never forget the t the the second my tires hit another country, uh -huh. or a new set of trails, yeah. or 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 something like that was just some of the absolute best times. Uh -huh. So do that. All right. Do that and give back to BMX. <laughs> it could be the best ending I've had to a podcast. Great. That pretty much covered the map. Awesome. <laughs> something I but mean, it's the world. international Sorry, international yeah, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. international it's yeah. everywhere yeah. i i think the international guys they do that well because like in europe travel so easy yeah. they might as well do bike tours bmx tours of barcelona at this point oh, right, 
right. So yeah. why isn't the same thing happening with LA and New York City yeah. and and you know all these yeah. things? They keep these destination yeah. BMX destinations right. and go to them because it's easy to travel. Maybe I and maybe COVID was something that helped tr- trigger that because we weren't traveling and I th- I yeah. found myself really missing travel yeah. through those couple of years, you know put a hold on a lot of things a lot of stuff and made us and think s- still kind of it we're still yeah. in the w- ripple effect so sure well thank you thank you i appreciate you doing this yeah thanks for coming good. down and again i know i know you're just doing it because but again this podcast is one of those things mm-hmm. it's it's introducing people to new things you're out there doing it because you love it and you're going to keep doing it and it's awesome and you are introducing Riders to a whole new group of riders that they might not seen. Maybe they don't get as much coverage or, uh-huh. or th- something like that. So well, hopefully, it's great too. That's the goal. Yeah, all positive goals. Right. So can't go wrong if you're hitting it from a positive angle. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Negative is easy. Mm-hmm. Positive takes more work, but positive has much better results. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you. I thank appreciate you. It. Yeah. Awesome.